the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The biggest pop culture movement since the Beatles, $22.5 billion at the box office, and we found the one guy who doesn't have a clue what we're talking about. With two fellow MCU nerds to help guide his hand along the way, one thing is for certain, we're with him until the end of the line. Welcome to Colin Brain versus the MCU. On your left. Hello and welcome everybody to your favourite podcast designed for your ear holes. Boys, we've done it. We have reached the end of the Infinity Saga. We've lost heroes, we've gained new heroes, we have crowned a trivia champion and we now have a very bitter host. Oh, oh, my trivia this week. Oh, it's not really trivia. Oh, I just, I just wanted to say that you're both really good mates. And uh, yeah, I love that, Colin. You're my new friend. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, you could have the point for that. It's a joke, boys. <laughs> Sore loser right it's, it's a joke. What a joke. Right. <sighs> I'm over it. I'm over it. That sounds like it. Yeah. No, I'm not. Because it's the first thing I said in this episode. I'm clearly not over it. But let's... Let's do as they do in my favourite massage parlours and make this a happy ending. Let's go out with a bang as well as we watch Spider-Man Far From Home. But before we jump into our usual proceedings, let me introduce my fellow co-hosts. Firstly, he's our, own, he's our very own man of illusion, managing to pull trivia points out of his arse somehow every single week. It's Robert Trot. Rob, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. I've just had three potato waffles. I've got I've I've got into this episode a lot more relaxed because I thought do what I want in the trivia corner. Oh <laughs> rubbing it in. <laughs> Love it. I'll get you in the next saga. I could I could go all go all out. This could be another wig episode. Hey, that got you the point, didn't it? Yeah, just <laughs> tell just tell us both how, how much you like us and then just get a point, even though it wasn't trivia. Okay, but it's fine. I, I honestly um, don't know and, which one you're referring to. The, the the last episode was it not where? Well, no. The, the trivia was that my son was conceived after watching Endgame. Yeah, yeah, but that was the end of it, and like it felt like ninety five percent of it was just you putting your tongue up Colin's asshole. Oh, when the opportunity arises, why yeah, not? I mean, he, he got the point, didn't he? He's playing the game. <laughs> he did, yeah, it's very true. <laughs> And last but not least, a man who I think should be very happy this week, seeing as your boy, uh, Mr. Jake Gyllenhaal, joined the MCU this week. Colin, how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm very good, thank you. Good. Well, I actually, before we jump into um, nicknames and um, spoiler watches and the background to the film, I have some very bad news to open with this week's episode, unfortunately. Um our audience at home don't know this, uh, even you two boys don't know this, but unfortunately this morning, the little light on my caps lock button has stopped working. <laughs> oh no. Which means Who knows? You typing, okay? typing is a nightmare. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I finally joined the rest of the rest of humanity. And I'd love to see key. what your messages look like now. Like <laughs> my emails. A of <laughs> caps and lower caps. <laughs> have to start what is it the shift button shift yeah come on, right we have to start using that <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna be gonna be like learning to ride a bike all over again <laughs> <laughs> okay are we gonna Just talk before... about the fact that when gillenhall was posed as one of the questions for colin as to someone that will they yeah, pull yeah, up yeah, in the yeah, mcu yeah. do you remember what your reaction was colin 
No idea. It was probably I hope not. Maybe it was. Yeah, yeah, I hope yeah, not. Yeah. yeah well. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We'll see if that. We'll see if that was a an accurate an response. <laughs> so uh, another thing's just arisen as well. Before we move on, we have to figure out: is it Gyllenhaal or Gyllenhaal? Because you've just said Gyllenhaal, oh, okay. and my mind is just bro- my mind just broke. I say Gyllenhaal, but I don't know oh. if that's right. Or not. Pretty sure it's Gyllenhaal. Yeah. I, I mean, I've always said Gyllenhaal, but fuck me, don't take my word for it. Okay. But then, like, it's, it's a g, g, mm. g. Mm. Well, I'm I'm going to say Gyllenhaal. You can say Gyllenhaal. It's I'm up just, to you. I'm just going to yeah. call him Jake. Jake. <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah, go with Jake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, the, the three of us will do Jake then. <laughs> Rob, just before you joined us on the Zoom call, me and Colin were trying to guess your Zoom name. I went with something really bad. I think it... Obviously, I have to try and put myself in your frame of mind and mm. just... It's not a nice place to be. Um, <laughs> so I went with two really, really easy and simple ones. I went with Pisterio right. or Quentin Dick. But <laughs> Quentin I thought they were maybe... <laughs> maybe a bit too easy. Yeah. Um, uh, so what have you gone for this week as your Zoom nickname? Well, you was in the right ballpark. I did do it old Jake-themed. Um, but I pulled from the bard known as Peter Andre, a um, a 90s poet, I guess you'd say. And my um, <laughs> my Zoom name this week a is... A wordsmith. Is a... <laughs> Whoa, Mysterio Girl. <laughs> nice. Well done. You've outdone yourself this thank week. You, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That did get a good laugh out of me, actually, when I it saw did. it. It did. It got so, a little chuckle. Yeah, it got his little yeah. testing got the, the sound on yeah, the, the, the levels. Came out. <laughs> <laughs> They're the best ones. That's when you know you got me if that comes out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, much better than Pisteria and Quentin Dick. Um, <laughs> so, spoiler watch. Uh, literally, I haven't even added it to my notes because it's happened that soon. Yeah. Box fresh. So, yes, uh, you, you've you um, stumbled across a little spoiler today, Colin. I have, man, yeah. I was um, I was heading into Central for a meeting, and as I was walking down to the uh, underground station earlier on, two uh, London buses pulled up to the traffic lights as I was crossing the road <laughs> and saw one, thought, oh, that looks a bit, and then well, look away, then looked away, but then there was one right behind it with the rest of it on. So, uh, yeah, I've had... Um, <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I didn't look at... I just saw Ant, I saw Paul Rudd's stupid Ant-Man face on the bus and was like, there's another one? <laughs> another one of these? So, yeah, it's, yes. I, there's a, I, I, get, I gather that's, like, coming out very, very soon then. As of recording, tomorrow. Okay, so it's the next one up. All right, yeah, so I've still yeah. got a fair wait then before I get to that. Yeah, it's... Um, you are in next episode starting Phase 4. This mm. new one is the first film of Phase 5. So, oh, crikey. You're, a, yeah. you're a phase away. Yeah. Phase away. And this phase is long as well, isn't it? The, it's the, a long one. And one. I don't think this is too spoilery to say you can you can rest because there is no Ant-Man in, no Ant-Man projects in phase four. Oh, okay. So I've got a bit of time before I have to brace you, myself. You, yeah, before yeah. you, um, you might miss start busting out time. those 0.5s again. <laughs> I wonder if we'll, we'll land again on the episode where I'm like, it's not going to be fucking Ant-Man, is it? And it actually turns out to be that one again. <laughs> <laughs> it might very well yeah, be, actually. Maybe. <laughs> Um, so uh, the other day, I was wondering, Colin, um, mm. we're about now, what, six weeks into 2023. Yeah. Are these MCU movies the only films like you've seen this year? Have you been watching other things at all? <laughs> <laughs> I really need to, but I haven't. <laughs> this is the only film I've been taking in now. For Sounds like a Marvel time. fan to me. <laughs> um, yeah. oh, it's, it feels like a chore. Um, no, I'm joking. Um, 
I have watched stuff. I mean, I watch things. I just don't really tend to put on like feature films. They're just mm-hmm. that's like you know, I watch watch some documentary stuff. I mean, I watch a lot of yeah. um, stand up comedy. I watch a lot of like long form podcasts and things. So it's not like I don't watch things. It's just for yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for whatever mm-hmm. reason, feature film just never really seems to. Uh, be that high on yeah. the on the top of the list really no it definitely takes a, a chunk out of your day mm. i might start a new little segment here called plug 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 top top hat films our little company we've got a feature film go watch it support the podcast i'll go watch it pay some moolah it's short yeah that's you know an hour and sixteen minutes. Bosh! Oh, that's right up my street. I know. <laughs> that's a five star. So it's like you made that one for me, lads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Rob, Rob, you haven't said where people can see this film or what it's called. It's called Four AM. That's a good point. Yeah, good, at, good at plugging stuff. Um, it's called Four AM, and you can find it on like iTunes, Sky Store, Google Play, loads of places. Hell yeah! Google it. You got Google, ain't you? Don't ask me. Yeah. You got Google. Whole, whole world of information's out there. We'll put we'll put a link in the description of this. Yeah, episode, get on the Google just... if not. Yeah. Why are you asking me? <laughs> a silly question. Top Hat Films. Give it a watch. Give it a watch. It's very good. Him, Rob, Rob films, even cameos in it. Rob is he's he's his very own Stan Lee, and I it's am. a very good cameo. Rob, thank you. Yeah, I was nice. quite proud of it. Um. So yeah, it kind of got me thinking. Oh, also. Uh, Colin, how much does it hurt you knowing I dub- uh, checked my letterbox account just before we started recording and I've logged currently 21 films for the year so far? I mean, I honestly have no clue how, where you find the time for this. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I guess, I mean, you work you work in a cinema, right? So a lot of that probably is yeah, done but, like after yeah, That's, sh- no, no, that's, no, that's but the biggest hours, misconception right? of working in a cinema. Yeah, but don't you, a lot of the times after your shift though, don't you just stay behind and watch a film in the cinema? Like, that's Sometimes, a good way to, yeah. wrap, to, to wrap there are, up. There are, there are times when I'll finish about 10, 11 o'clock at night, the building's empty and we'll be like, shall we watch a film? So that's kind of how... Mm. It sounds like you're using there. company electricity for your own... Don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare, sir. But also, can I ask you a question? How many hours sleep do you get at night? Oh, anything from mm, around six hours a night. Oh, okay. I was thinking maybe you just didn't sleep and you just watched no, films throughout the no, night. I know six isn't ideal. But, it's not um, ideal, but it's not the worst. And you do have a, t- a kid as well. You've got a young kid, right? So I guess that yeah, knock, knocks a couple of hours on off the, the way. Average. So it might yeah, be exactly. less than six soon. <laughs> but right, all of this ultimately got me thinking that maybe once a month, maybe you and me, Rob, um, we could share a little bit. Uh, to our listeners and maybe even Colin, anything we could recommend, really, anything that we've um, that we we've seen recently that we think you guys might like as well. I'm not asking you, Rob, what you've been watching because the answers to that sometimes are terrifying. Mm. Um, but is it anything like you would recommend that you've seen recently, whether it be film or TV show, and say, "Hey, this was good. Give it a watch." I think keeping on theme, extraordinary on Disney Plus. Mm. I so you were sort of, say that. It, yeah, it's really nice sort of 30-minute episodes, UK-made. It seems um, the writer, Emma Moran, this is one of her first big sort of narrative projects. It's just really fresh, really fun. It's uh, a, Basically, the plot is there's everyone in the world when they turn 18 gets a superpower, but mm-hmm. our lead character does not. She's now like 25 and still hasn't got a power. It's really, really fun, and I recommend it for all. It's a bit naughty as well. Sassy, naughty humour. 
Yeah, I thought it was really inventive. Like, I, I, I messaged you the other day, Rob. I said I saw episode one. Mm. And episode one, well, I know this is never... People don't give a shit now. But episode one made me cry. It made me as well. But I thought that was really clever in that the first episode's 27, 28 minutes. That by the, in that short amount of time, I felt attached enough to these characters and what they were going through. That that one little moment at the end really touched me. Um, I think I'm on about episode four now, but yeah, mm. really enjoyed it. I watched it, it in one night. I couldn't sleep one night and I just watched all of it. Wow. Yeah. I'm um, watching it again now with uh, my lovely wife. Fantastic. I'll give you uh, time to think of maybe one or two more, but I will quickly say um, I'm really enjoying uh, something called Shrinking on apple tv yeah Yeah, it's very good it's by the um writers and creators of ted lasso and it stars jason siegel who i love jason siegel forgetting sarah marshall's an incredible film he and it's um yeah uh also got harrison ford in it as like a like Mm. a co-lead which is crazy um jason siegel plays this therapist um he's he's a rock even though he's a therapist he's at rock bottom his wife died in the last year he's become estranged with his daughter teenage daughter and at one point during uh, a session with someone uh, obviously um, one of his um, clients obviously therapists they have to just listen and offer some advice and you know be obviously as all therapists are very calm he just unleashes on them he, he screams at them he says stuff that therapists definitely shouldn't say and it improves their life tenfold. And he tries to see whether he can make that impact with everyone as they trying this whole new different version of therapy of really getting involved with their lives and telling them truths that maybe they should, they need that they need to hear. Uh, it's very good. It's very funny. It's on, I think there's only four episodes aired at the moment. Episode four was the best one. Definitely recommend it. Rob, have you got one more, maybe two more? I do in this, in the same vein as, um, Shrinking, I watched the Jonah Hill film Stutz about yes, his... Yes, I've been hearing about this. Yeah, about his um, his therapist and his therapist's sort of unique outlook on practising therapy and how he goes about it and the um, tools that he's sort of created. Yeah. But it's just really nice. It's sort of like he essentially has a therapy session with his therapist, but it really sort of breaks apart the process of how he made it and breaks apart the, the what is real and what's fake about doing a documentary like that for such a long time. Mm. They sort of break away at all of that to get to something really quite sweet about both of them. I'd say, yeah, there's a moment where he's, his therapist is talking about losing his brother at a young age. And um, he says to Jonah Hill, like, is, do you not want me to talk anymore about that because of your brother? And mm. Darren Hill's like, I don't, I'm not talking about that. And then gradually, right. as these sessions go on, he, he does open up about it. But it's just really interesting how you sort of, through attempting to have a therapy session with his therapist, he ends up sort of showing more of himself than I think he intended doing as well. It's it's, yeah. it's really good. It's definitely worth watching. Yeah, it's on my watch list. has been for a while. Um, and I will say, uh, last one for me is The Last of Us. Um, I know, mm. Colin, you've played the first game. I don't think Rob's played any of the games. Um, yeah. yeah, I played through the first one. That was cool. Yeah, so episode five has just aired, and it's 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 very, very good. It's I've wonderful. Heard... It's yeah, I've been Craig... seeing a lot of good stuff about it. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. really, really good. It's by Craig Mazin. Um, he did Chernobyl as well a couple of years ago, which was oh, incredible. Yeah, that was cool. The TV show, not the... Yeah. You didn't I actually... actually do Chernobyl, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, I did yeah, watch let's that. Let's not put that on him. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. So it's the same team. Yeah. Okay, cool. And they brought in Neil Druckmann, who was the creative director for um, Last of Us, the games, uh, both of them. He's, He's one of the producers as well and one of the writers. So they've definitely got like full input from the people who did the games and mm. they've 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 i hate all the um discussion around oh best video game adaptation blah 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 but they have they have adapted it masterfully they've put in loads of new stuff as well which all adds to it it makes it makes last of us better somehow as well the the uh the computer game it's excellent i think there's nine episodes so we're already over halfway i think i could be wrong they put the first episode on youtube for free i heard a little rumor might want to check that out but um very, very interesting. Very, very good and uh, heartbreaking as well. Yeah. What's What's it on other than the first one on YouTube? Um, in the UK, it's on now. Oh, so okay. You've yeah, got Stace, access Stace to it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While well, we're recording, it's on right now. <laughs> it's on I'm right missing this it for this podcast. <laughs> Rob, anything else before we move on to the background of the film? <laughs> no, but my wife found a um, audio clip that you've just reminded me from when Line of Duty was finishing, mm-hmm. and it's uh, an audio clip of me phoning George. Because I texted him saying, mate, I really need you to call me about five minutes before the final ever episode of it. I said, it's really important. Can you call me? So he rings me and I went, Jules, just to let you know, five minutes time, line of duty's about to start. And he was so angry. <laughs> He's like, I, he goes, Is, doesn't it make me a bad friend if I looked at my phone, saw that message and thought, oh, can it wait? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. I'll put, to me I'll put that again. up on the Instagram for people. <laughs> don't ever do that to me again. Right? Are we ready for a the background to Spider Man: Far From Home? Yes. Let's go. So far, so good. Skip the compliments. Let's get on with it. Bear with me, boys. It's quite a long one this week. So, Colin, this film. I'm going to open straight up with this. Was an absolute nightmare to get into production. So uh, Marvel had it pretty easy for years in terms of getting their films made, but this was nigh on horrendous. Um, I'm not talking about the actual shooting of the film. That went fine. Uh, Marvel have got that stuff sort of fine-tuned by this point. But remember that these Spider-Man movies are like a, a joint production between Sony and Marvel, with Sony actually owning and retaining the rights for Spider-Man, but it would actually be Marvel that makes the films. Now, Sony had the release date in their calendars down for July 2019. But remember, Endgame was due to be released in April 2019. So, Endgame was meant to be released, and then just three months after, it was meant to be Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm. Now, it was about six months before Spider-Man's release that Sony were like, well, we really kind of need to start to ramp up the marketing for this thing, and we need to release a trailer. But they hadn't really even barely announced a film yet. Because remember, at this point, Peter Parker was dead. Yep. So we had a dilemma on our hands. Sony really wanted to start getting people hyped for the film. But Marvel didn't really want anyone to know how the damn film existed. I will get on to the rest of that shortly. So in the meantime, Spider-Man Homecoming's writers, Chris McKenna and Eric Summers... They were offered to return to write the sequel and were pretty much given free reign to write whatever they want. They were only told two top secret details um, that obviously would impact this script. That one, everyone that had vanished in what is now known as the blip have returned and Tony Stark was now dead. Once they were given those two details, they could do anything they wanted to otherwise. They also had many discussions 
regarding what villain to use for the sequel. Um, because I wonder if maybe Rob, you'll agree with me here that Spider-Man, I guess, has the best rogues gallery of villains alongside Batman. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty iconic. The fact that you can have a a band of them called the Sinister Six and all of them are pretty iconic yeah. is... Yeah. yeah so I'd they say were... X-Men have a pretty good rogues yeah. gallery as well. No mm-hmm. pun intended. Yes. Um, so they uh, were spoilt for choice, essentially. But they settled on Mysterio because around the time that when they, this was being made and when they were writing this, Trump and, you know, fake news was definitely something that was very much on the public's mind. And they kind of wanted to explore, in their words, the fractured reality uh, that comes with dealing with Mysterio. So once they planned Mysterio's arc for this film, they wrote down a list of actors who they wanted to play the role. And right at the top of the list, uh, their pie-in-the-sky choice was Jake. He accepted (laughs) straight away. It was Jakey boy. Jake G. He, um, or if it's Rob, it's Jake Gee. Um, But he... (laughs) He accepted straight away. Um, He'd always wanted to do a superhero movie. Uh, In a previous episode of Colin Brain versus the MCU, we mentioned in our, I think, our Spider-Man 2 bonus episode that when it looked like Tobey Maguire was out of the role with a back injury, it was Mr. G um, that signed on to be his replacement. Mm. Now, there's a ton of surprises in Far From Home, and all of these surprises were in that script pretty much from the first draft. So one of the uh, one of the surprises is obviously Mysterio revealing Spider-Man's identity uh, to the world. I think that's the first time that's been done in live action as well. And they because of that they also wanted to bring the character J Jonah Jameson back into the MCU. But this time almost as like a Alex Jones style like conspiracy theory nutcase. Um and again they made a list of who the hell can fill these shoes. And it was mentioned that maybe no one can top J.K. Simmons. So they offered him the role again. And after a brief confusion um, for Mr. Simmons, he accepted. Um, I found a quote from the returning director, John Watts, explaining, This was always the plan because we knew that we wanted to reveal Peter's identity. And we wanted to bring in this idea of the news and not being sure exactly what you can believe or not believe. And it was always going to be J.K. Simmons. But we didn't even want to say anything to him or to anyone else because we didn't want any press to leak about it via his agents or any other avenue. So we waited until the very, very last second and called him up. And he came by and he was like, what? You want me to do what? It took him a second to understand. But as we pitched the idea, he was totally on board and he loved getting to be the person who finally outs Peter Parker. It was also brought up in the writer's room that maybe they were making a mistake having Nick Fury fooled by Mysterio because Nick Fury is the spy. And it was John Watts himself, the director, who figured out just how to get around this. In his words again, once you get into the vocabulary of a con man movie like this, I feel like you have more leeway to just keep doing reversals. Everyone is lying. Everyone is hiding something. No one is who they seem. And it just made sense at the end of it that we would do this. Now, as we were developing the story, there was always a lingering question of, but how can anyone fool Nick Fury? His superpower is being sceptical. But we knew that he needed to be fooled in order to make the story work. So as soon as I saw Captain Marvel, it became obvious how we do it. 
And when you watch the movie a second time with this knowledge about the scrolls, there are some fun things you will catch, especially with Fury's dialogue. Oh, use it in the pub or use it on the date. With your funny fab or with your cheeky mates, it's trivia time. <laughs> Did you spot nice. it? Hey, Did you? In the opening scene, Maria Hill's walking with Nick Fury and she calls him Nick. She doesn't call him Fury, she calls him Nick. And if you remember, oh. in Captain Marvel, he says, uh, no one calls me, calls me Nick. Or Joseph, they call me Fury. Everyone calls me Fury. Mm-hmm. A little sign early on. Things aren't what they seem. <laughs> so now Sony ended up saying, you know what? Screw you, Marvel. And they released the first trailer on January 2019, four months before Endgame was due what? to be released. Really? Um, yeah. The oh, first. Shit. Yeah, the first trailer focused very heavily on Peter's vacation in Europe, and it did make it look like a very light, breezy, very comedic superhero film. Now, half the world said, oh, well, Sony and Marvel are kind of fucked up here because they've just released a trailer for a film starring a superhero that's meant to be dead. With the other half of the world, and helped by Kevin Feige and co being like, well, actually, actually, it's a prequel. That was some of the um I the thought it was going to be that. I thought yeah. it was going to end. It was going to be them on their school trip, and it ends with them coming home on the school bus, and then we have that bit in Infinity War where the ship comes down and Peter leaps off to start doing it. I was like, that's, mm-hmm. that's how they're doing it, clearly. <laughs> they got me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, we've mentioned this before, but once Endgame was released, a second Far From Home trailer was released, but... This time with an un- introduction from Tom Holland himself. Um, yes, a trailer that came with his own talking to camera introduction. And in this, Tom Holland explains kind of like, oh, if you haven't seen Endgame yet, we definitely recommend do not watch this trailer. Um, and it then gives you enough time to either get the hell out of the room or or turn it off. And in that second trailer, it did go a bit more into detail about the blip and Stark's death, um, as it's all mentioned in the trailer. So... Spider-Man Far From Home was released in July 2019 to a $92.6 million opening weekend, but it ended up making over just $1.13 billion. Not only did it become the first Spider-Man movie to take over a billion dollars, it actually took over the James Bond film Skyfall to become Sony's highest grossing film of all time. Now, I'm going to give you, Colin, a little bit a few more details regarding Sony's and Marvel's deal. Mm -hmm. Because once this film was released, things got really complicated. Now, the current deal was that Sony would pay for these Spider-Man films to get made. They would foot the bill for everything, essentially. But Marvel would write and shoot them. I think this was mainly because Sony's current output, spoilers, sucks. And Marvel just seemed to have that golden touch. Now, yes, even though Sony were paying for these films to be made... Remember that Marvel were doing everything else and only receiving 5% of the box office. 5%. And they were making these films. So they spent around three years writing and creating this film only to get 5% of what it made at the cinema. Now, Disney, obviously, after this film was released, asked Sony to come in for a chat. (laughs) You can kind of see where this is going. Um, Disney said they were happy to split the production costs for um, future films 50-50, meaning Sony wouldn't have to spend hundreds of million dollars to get another Spider-Man film made in the future. Uh, This time they would split the costs fairly. 
But if they did this, they would also split the box office 50-50 instead of the current (laughs) 95-5. Sony said, no way, um, and walked out of the room. A couple of months later, Disney met with Sony again and said, okay, how about we pay for 25% of the bill for the film? We'll pay for 25% of it, and we just take 25% of the box office. Sony gave him another new <laughs> and so the chairman of disney alan horn said you know what fuck it keep him you can have spider-man and disney gave up the rights to spider-man and it became official there was press releases from both sony and marvel saying they'd parted ways and tom holland's peter parker would no longer be part of the mcu he would still play spider-man and peter parker but this time in an entirely sony movie that was not allowed any connection to the mcu now at this point this might be a bit harsh but sony well and truly had their nails into tom holland as well and he had just signed on to play nathan drake in their uncharted movie another video game adaptation now imagine their faces when Tom Holland walked into uh, the office of Sony's chairman, um, Tom Rothman, and he said, essentially, call Disney, work it out, or find another Nathan Drake. And he meant it. He threatened to walk away from Uncharted unless they managed to strike up a deal with Disney again. I mean, in hindsight, they probably should have just gone, all right. Yeah, <laughs> it's, oh, it's a rough movie. Um, <laughs> We're not exactly sure what happened in this next meeting, but it consisted of Disney's chairman, Alan Horn, uh, Sony's chairman, Tom Rothman, and Tom Holland. And by the time this meeting was finished, a deal was struck that Tom Holland would return for one more solo Spider-Man movie and potentially another team-up movie if there ever was one. Disney would cover 25% of the production cost for 25% of the box office so we can thank mr tom holland for making this happen and now that took some balls so we salute you sir you could say that's mr holland's opus well done well done nice reference yep not as good yep. as whoa <laughs> mysterio girl yeah, everyone knows the bard everyone yeah. knows him <laughs> but all of that means nothing without knowing <laughs> what our co-hosts thought of the film and so we ask our favorite question of the week Colin Brain, Spider-Man Far From Home. What did you think? Well, um, I don't really know why, but I went into this one with some level of... I don't really want to call it excitement, but like I, I felt like I was up for this one. Mm. I thought... I think from what I was saying in the last episode when we, were, when we did the spoiler watch and we were talking about like the potential of like a Tobey Maguire popping up and maybe getting a bit like bouncing between different universes and stuff. I was yep. kind of hyped for that. And um, what I ended up watching just didn't really do much of anything for me, if I'm honest. I mean, okay. don't get me wrong. There was a couple of, there was some, there was some cool characters in there. There was some good acting, but as a whole, like it's just yet another reminder how these films are just not designed for me at all. Like mm-hmm. there's really not that much in them that gets me invested makes me want to carry on watching is excited to see what's happening next it's just not it's just none of it and you know like yeah 
Brilliant. It's going to be another week of getting my heart ripped open. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> so uh, did you watch the film with Stacey? What did she think? Yeah, yeah, no, I watched it with Stacey. Um, she had already seen it before. And mm-hmm. so she was like, oh, yeah. So it, her being excited about it kind of made me think like, fuck, I'm in for something good here. Yeah. Yeah, and, and she still enjoyed it. She did say that this this was the second time she had watched it. And she did actually say that um, she remembered enjoying it a lot more like on the first watch, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so... But she still enjoyed it. She, st- she still had fun watching it. Okay, cool. Um, we will uh, dive more into that. So, Rob, how was the rewatch? Did you watch it on Blu-ray or did you uh, do the commentary? <sighs> guys, guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. No audio commentary. No. Which means I couldn't get my bugle out. No. Which is frustrating because I specifically picked a bugle because of uh, this film. And the introduction of the Daily Bugle. And I was going to make a brilliant joke. But I've been practicing my, my bugle daily. No commentary. So, wow. What, just, just none on the Blu-ray or didn't manage to get hold of the Blu-ray? Just, oh, I've got the Blu-ray, so there's none on it. It's just trivia oh, track again. So that's why you get me... Okay, yep. Use it in the pub or... Yep. Oh. You know the words. <laughs> we know the words. <laughs> everyone knows. Join in at home. Sing along, everyone. <laughs> And she sat on my face. Um, I, you know what? I like this film quite a bit. It's definitely an unconventional Spider-Man movie because I think to me, he's always, you know, he's the navy, uh, navy. He's the friendly. He's the navy. He's the neighborhood friendly Spider-Man. So seeing him swing around, you know, like Venice, Prague, and London, it's odd. But I think that might be a George problem out of anything. I, maybe I'm too tied to what Spider-Man is to me. Uh, but once I put that aside, I actually think this is fairly. This is a solid film. Uh, it's fun. Yeah. It's sweet. It has some really, really great sequences in there too. Yeah, I like this film. Uh, but I like this one. Shall we do a deep dive? Yes. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so in Mexico. Nick Fury and Maria Hill investigate an unnatural storm and encounter the Earth Elemental. Quentin Beck, a superpowered individual, arrives to defeat the creature and is subsequently recruited by Fury and Hill. We will jump into Quentin Beck and Mysterio in a lot more detail later, but at this sure. point, Colin, buzzing. I mean, I don't know if buzzing ever is anything... To- <laughs> Like, I don't know if buzzing enters me at any point throughout watching any of these, but right. intrigued and somewhat like, okay, cool. Someone that I actually like, recognize, you know, no, no, like some of his older films and have been a fan mm-hmm. of his roles in the past. I was at least being like, you know, there's going to be some solid acting from him. Quietly optimistic, then, shall we say? I'd guess so, yeah. Okay. In New York City, the Midtown School of Science and Technology completes its year which was restarted to accommodate the students who previously disintegrated five years earlier as a result of Thanos' actions. They had reappeared unaged thanks to the actions of the Avengers. So the school organises a two-week summer field trip to Europe where Peter Parker, who is still mourning the death of his mentor Tony Stark, plans to reveal to classmate MJ his attraction to her. Happy Hogan informs Peter that Fury intends to contact him but parker ignores fury's phone call so i want to discuss like the tone of this film because i know that we've been kind of setting up to you colin oh we're going to take you know a good look at the blip and you know it's it's after effects and what happens when suddenly Mm. half the universe reappears after five Mm. years Um, and we do keep obviously keep looking at that but in this film 
it's almost treated for laugh. Yeah. So kind of how did how did you find the tone of the film? Did it did it fit because it was in a light breezy Spider-Man movie or were you just like did 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 they do it justice, I guess? No, no. I don't think they did. I think um the tone was a little misleading in places. It was a bit I felt like this one was really a little bit all over the place actually. Like and I do also remember, you said it was the same writers from the Homecoming one, right? It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, th- I think if you... I can't really remember what I said about Homecoming, but I, I think it was similar to, like... It's very, like, high school, like, Saved by the Bell, kind of, you know, very chick-flicky sort of mm-hmm. teen movie, but not, like, teen enough for it to be, like, a bit, like... You know, it's a bit too... I don't know, man. It's just... The tone was odd, and I... Obviously, I mean, there's a line that MJ says on when they're on the aeroplane, which I I was like super relatable when that she she gets asked if she wants to watch a film and she goes only if it's de- like depressing or hilarious. And <laughs> yeah. I feel like that that probably sums up my taste in film. If it's neither one of those two, then I'm just not that bothered about it. Um, <laughs> this film wasn't hilarious or depressing enough for me. Um, so yeah, I, f- I I don't know. It just I, I'm just not really that fussed about the sort of high school like you know the yeah, and and it's it's so weird to me. I don't know if it's because I'm watching these films so close to one another. I honestly wonder how differently I'd feel about these if I had those like months breaks between yeah. them. And because obviously be- we get four, five, six month breaks. Yeah, and 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 the the tonal shift between them is so drastic that it doesn't even <laughs> yeah. feel like it's part of the same thing. And and mm. I feel like. I want to see the dark. I I obviously I'm always more like drawn to the darker stuff in these films like when mm. the um like the civil war and some of the other avengers and stuff and like i'm more interested in seeing the darker sides of the blip or whatever yeah. we'd call it now rather than just like the sort of i mean this film felt like in parts of it felt more like a spoof film like it really like lent into like a scary movie like not another teen movie vibe and right it just made me shake my head way too many times. Like that, it's just not my comedy. It's not my humor, I guess. You know. Yeah. And and again, these are all things I've said on repeat by this point. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, this is definitely kind of what we were talking about in terms of the the reaction to Phase Four, which we're going to start with soon. In that, you'll have one project which is super serious and super dark, looking at some really like interesting themes. Yeah. And then your next project will be an outright comedy almost on, on the verge of slapstick um, yeah. so i don't know there is there's a discussion to be had maybe down the line in regards to do marvel need to have a consistent tone without or is it refreshing to have so many different varied things but i can completely see what you're saying like i think i can't imagine watching Endgame and yeah. how how heavy that can be and then two weeks later watching this yeah and and also like i get it from a business point of view because you just you're covering all your bases so it's like yeah someone might like a bit of this, someone might like a bit of that like because if they go down one like you know one road then you're essentially dividing your entire audience because yeah. it's only going to be the people that are into that vibe mm-hmm. um but this, this this just makes it more and more accessible to everyone to go and give it a go at the cinema and yeah. um but yeah no i mean i don't even remember what the question was by this point but um, no, we're just talking about the tone of it so i'll hand it over to you rob as well like um the the tone in this is it is it is it, how is it for you they had two ways they could have gone about it. They could have gone about it, and it is the sort of the dark, tragic look at how Peter's stricken with grief and sort of really lean into all that stuff. I think it tries to have its cake and eat it in that it, with the Tony Stark element, 
sort of looming ever present over like in the background of every shot almost every place they go there's murals mm. to him and the sort of references to him and how he's not how he's sort of silently dealing with that with a lot of the film tries to have that serious sort of dark emotional look at things mm. but then the way they sort of I think it's the right choice to do the exposition at the beginning and have the newscast do it. Yeah, um, that was cool. Yeah, that was quite a nice little with bit. The, with, did you enjoy the really shitty JPEG of Vision? <laughs> when they go through all the people that died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it came up with the immemorium thing, I thought maybe they were doing a Stan Lee thing, because that's what I no. thought maybe they were doing at the beginning. But mm. um, yeah, Is, it, it, was, is uh, it Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On? Yeah. It's playing yeah. over it. It's uh, Whitney Houston. Oh, Whitney, yes. Oh, yeah. that's it, I yes. Was, I will, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh i think that's a great way of sort of bringing everyone up to speed mm. in a really quick way of like this is what happened when people came back this is why the kids are a certain age some of them changed a you know yeah yeah the five and all that stuff that. was for it's this weird film, that, you know they kind works, of yeah they they we say some really odd stuff that obviously is going to make sense in that you know you could have a, a younger brother and then suddenly, mm. in the blink of an eye, they're your older brother. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, that kid who's, like, co-presenting with um, Betty is just freaking out. because it's not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> my, my younger brother's older than me now, and he's just freaking <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did like all that stuff, to be honest. And it didn't come out that far after Endgame. Like, what, it was, like, three months? Three months. Mm. Yeah, so it didn't... I remember at the time, not particularly, because I kind of went in kind of wanting to see a continuation of homecoming rather than a continuation yeah. of endgame oh, i get it yeah i could definitely see that that it's if you are after sort of the more in-depth stuff i guess we could say next time baby yeah yeah sure. there's not that this oh, isn't stuff the only look takes a whole well, yeah i mean it, yeah i can imagine by the post credit scene that you know we're getting into mm. some fun Yes, mm. we, we, we are getting into some stuff. I'm way more intrigued about what's happening next than what that whole two-hour film was, I can tell you that much. <laughs> that's, that seems to come up a lot, though. That's my that's one of my, like, you know, annoyances of it, is mm-hmm. you sit for a two-hour film and and then the post-credit uh, scene goes and you're like, I want to see that bit. I want to yeah. see what happens now. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't care about the last two hours, but let me get on with that bit. So, well, yeah, I so. mean, that shows it. That they know no, it what doesn't. to do, right? No, it doesn't. No, what? it shows they know what to do, but it, yeah. that's not good filmmaking to me. Oh no, no, okay, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's good, a whole that's good, other that's discussion. Good PR, as well. yeah. that's good PR, not good filmmaking. That's good PR. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I might be agreeing yeah. with you there for sure. Yeah, but yeah. oh, oh, that's <laughs> a whole discussion we need but to get into. No, dude, they're, they're the kings of PR. But this, that I'm not here to crit, like to give them a. Yeah. They five out of five on every film for PR. Obviously, they're making yeah. billions. Yeah. But that doesn't make them good films. That's, I that's love, just my I love me a post-credit scene, and you know what? Sometimes, Colin, I think the same time as you. I, 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 I will sit for a Marvel film the way I think, oh, that was okay, and then, but walk out going, oh fuck yeah, that's coming. So mm, I've watched yeah. a film that's mid, but I walked out buzzing. I mean, it's very clever. They know what they're doing, man. Yeah, for sure. But uh, so let's get into Tom Holland as well, then. So um, mm. still, still ranking fairly highly after this, or kind of gone down in your estimations now. Um, no, I, I mean, I rank him. I rank him strong as a, an actor, and I think he does a good job of the role yeah. as Peter Parker. I just think overall, this version of Peter Parker, you know, and again, it's, it's a lot of parallels from the Homecoming episode. It's just like I, I understand that the actual spot, the actual Peter Parker from the comics, is this sort of like younger school kid and, yeah. and the neighborhood spider-man thing but i just think i've got the uh, toby Maguire one so like deeper in my mm-hmm. you know whatever you want to call it um psyche than anything else 
he had his moments in this one. He, he he does have moments. Like he has some very good like emotional scenes and stuff, as he does in the Avengers when he pops up. But he's not. He does it. He he doesn't have that lasting effect that the other ones did. And even with the Andrew Garfield one, you yeah. know, like when we did those, the first film within the first half of that film, I I was like hating on him so much. Hmm. But then by the end of it, I was like, you know, I was I was in. And then even though the the film, the second one film wasn't great, like I thought he was a, a very good version. He's of He's very Parker. good in a bad film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I and I just I, I just haven't quite seen that from Tom Holland yet. Mm. Like I'm not saying it's not coming. I just think like if we're doing like, you know, apples to apples comparisons, he's probably actually the lowest out of the three, but that's not saying he's terrible. That's just saying the other two are, are, have yeah. just had a bit more of an impact on me. Yeah. But you know, he's cool in this. I mean he does his thing, he knows what he's doing. But again, man, like this whole and, and I get it, it's just it, it's the version that they've done, but this whole like it's the it's the it's the links that they're doing with the Iron Man like the entire way through, and it's almost like this passing of the torch since you Big know time. To- yeah. since Tony Stark's gone, and and that's fine. Like I'm not I'm not saying that's a terrible idea. It's just it's just not. It doesn't really bother me. It doesn't make yeah. me that excited. Yeah, it's the the film is a very much passing of the torch. I think. And yeah, uh, Rob Tom Holland for you in this film. How is he? Yeah, I agree. Like the. The performance moments, there's some standout moments that I'm sure we'll get to as we go through. But I really like that this film especially shows that he's a naive kid. Mm-hmm. Like, his plan, he, he his plan isn't to save the day and to save the world. His plan is to tell a girl that he really likes, mm-hmm. that he really likes her, and give her a necklace. That's all he wants to do. Like, literally opens, his first line is, I have a plan. Yeah. And it's about, mm-hmm. you know telling a girl that he likes her and I really like that it's sort of I think he plays the naivety with having to wear the heavier things of everyone wants him to be the next Iron Man mm-hmm. you could tell that that's weighing on him at the same time so I just want to go on a holiday and ask ask a girl out for God's mm-hmm. sake I think he does that really well and I like that they took that angle with it yeah I mean we're getting more in depth into what moments of his that I really really like mm-hmm. in this film yeah for sure but yeah so continuing on then, uh, Parker and his clerk... Cut oh, it he out. waits every fucking time, doesn't he? <laughs> you were so, literally just the, talking. <laughs> on, on, on the Blu-ray, <laughs> there is a section that was deleted from the film that's shown in many of the trailers that was called Peter's To-Do List. And it's basically him planning to go and get ready for his um, his holiday. So in between beating up mafia bosses in a in a really fun action scene... I remember seeing that in the trailer. That like this yeah, whole action it's really, sequence. It's really yeah. fun. He's like, he pretends to get shot behind like this table, and he's like, "No, don't, uh, sorry guys, I'm. This is bulletproof and things like that." Oh, so they actually it's put really, it on really the Blu-ray. F- I've never seen it. Yeah, it's really good. They do it. It's like a little short film called Peter's To Do List, and it's like shows everything he's ticking off, like buy headphone splitter, which was its own little deleted scene of him going to Del Mar's, the sandwich place, and buying the headphone splitter and doing chores, getting his passport. That kind of thing. Um, Yeah, really interesting. Definitely worth a watch. I'm sure you can watch it on YouTube as well. So, continuing on again, I hope Parker and his classmates travel to Venice, Italy, where the water elemental attacks. Parker helps protect his classmates while Beck arrives and defeats the creature. Fury meets with Parker and gives him Stark's glasses, which were meant for his successor. 
The glasses enable him to communicate with and take command of the artificial intelligence Edith, which has access to Stark Industries databases and commands a large orbital weapons supply. Um, so, Colin, Nick mm. Fury again. Yeah. That's like three movies in a row he's made an appearance. Captain Marvel. Not he, Nick Fury. Yeah. Right at the end of uh, Endgame and back in this. Um, do they still keep him fresh? Is it uh, Obviously, we find out at the end it's obviously not Nick Fury, but any Nick Fury fatigue at all? Are you still happy to see him keep popping up? I'm happy to see him pop up, but it did feel like they really turned him up to 15 in this. For some, like, <laughs> some of the deliveries were really like. Really, Bitch, please, like, you've been to up. space. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a personal um, favourite of mine. <laughs> but yeah so i mean i think this film was more f- fatiguing once um and he's he was in the film so yeah maybe uh, nick fury was fatiguing for me in this one okay cool rob does europe work as a setting for a spider-man film colin oh. is already shaking his head no no i'm not shaking my head about that i'll talk about that in a minute okay uh, whenever <laughs> we get to it that's not necessarily shaking my head to that that question but. i just want to say about the nick fury stuff as well Mm. I really, upon watching this, you know, multiple times, mm. each time I'm kind of impressed by the fact. Because I remember watching this the way through, thinking this feels like someone doing an impression of Nick Fury. Oh, and you get to the end, you're like, oh, it is. <laughs> so Samuel Jackson is doing a weird performance of someone playing Nick Fury, and it, it, I think it's actually quite clever how it does make you feel like this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel quite like him. Like when he when he shoots Ned in the neck with the trank dart and he goes, if one more person knocks, we're going to be attending another funeral. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a load of nice moments, but um, I I thought it was quite clever as a. I mean, I don't know if he did that intentionally or it was just sort of accidentally felt off, but it, it, I liked it. I thought it um was quite a cool performance. Nice Europe. I liked um <laughs> I like Europe to be honest. Yeah. I I think when I look at it and I think back to the other Spider-Man 2 films we've had. I mean, it's you can't say it's nothing but different and fresh and sure. why not try something new? And you'd think that he is going so far away from New York. Like, you take Spider-Man out of New York, surely he doesn't have to be Spider-Man anymore. So it's quite interesting to see him sort of improvise on the fly, like getting masquerade masks and mm. all that sort of stuff during the, during the Venice sequence. Yeah. I love when he tries to get um, um, tries to help Mysterio by shouting, "I can help! I'm really sticky." Um, yeah, I'm I'm really strong and sticky. That always gets a laugh <laughs> from me. Uh, Colin, a minute ago, why were you shaking your head? I just think that they really didn't do a very good job of making Europe feel alive or lived in at all. Okay. There was so many moments in. I mean, there's that scene in Prague when MJ and Peter Parker are having like this scene on a bridge, and it's like on the St. Charles uh, Bridge, which is usually packed. Yeah, I mean, I've you know we've been me and, yeah. we've been to Prague, George. I've yeah. been to Prague a few times, and I mean that city is like it, it's it's alive no matter what hour of the day it is. Yeah. And um, and yes, yeah, so there was just a lot of that, and I, I can't remember where they were when the fire monster that thing was in happened. like a central square oh, that, in Prague. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I just remember after a lot of those moments, like there was just no one around. It, it just felt like after any big moment, and even in London towards the end, they're on they're on London Bridge and they're having this heart to heart, and it's like. There's just been this entire massacre going on. There's like, it would be, it would be chaos. There'd be like <laughs> sirens, helicopters, yeah. people everywhere. And it's just like, and it's just silent for these two to have their own sort of, you know, emotional moment. And right. there was just, there was just a lot of those moments throughout it. And a lot of this felt very fake. I mean, there were parts of it where I weren't even sure if they'd actually gone to those locations. It, it, 
there was a lot of uh, there was a it's it's weird with these because like mm-hmm. there's so many CGI moments where you're like this is impressive like this is am- this is amazing and then like on the flip side there's just as many that just come across really ropey and kind yeah. of very um what was that what's that terminology we used way back uncanny valley yeah yeah there was a lot of that in this one for me and mm-hmm. I haven't felt that in a while so right. um, yeah I, maybe I shouldn't say this on the podcast maybe I should. We can cut the, it if it's that bad. The but. first time I watched this film, I was very confused as well. You know the fella who is sort of the little... Uh, Peter Parker's very jealous of him because he thinks he's sort of um, yeah, 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 going to yeah, have yeah, a thing yeah. with MJ. The, to me, I had Uncanny Valley with that guy's face. And... Me too. Did you <laughs> I really? Had it too. I did. I did. I thought, are they doing some weird aging thing? The to him? second like, we he were... popped up, I was like, oh, he's CGI. Why is he CGI? Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, is he, is this Jake Gyllenhaal doing mocap? Is there, is there something weird going on? Is he Mysterio? And the whole film, I was like, who is this guy? Because he's not real. He's, I had Uncanny Valley with a guy's real mm. face. And I'm, 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 I'm very happy that you had the same reaction. But is Colin. it, but is, but hold on. Could that not be though, just some very like over the top post stuff that they've done to make him maybe look a little too polished and then it does bring on to my daddy value i don't know genuinely i think it's his real face i'd have to see the dude in real life yeah (laughs) and maybe they just a ton of makeup maybe but there was something and also the lighting like i don't know man there was just so many moments in this one where it it, i felt like i was watching a film like it felt like a and and that's the wrong way to say it it felt like it was on a film stage you know yeah yeah, yeah. it felt like i could almost like I, I felt like if I zoomed out, I could imagine where the lights were. You I know? think like, they did a, a lot, lot of that. that with the Europe location. So they went to Europe and they shot on location for a few sequences, mm. like in the Vienna Square and there's a little montage of mm. them playing about. Um, they actually were on St. Charles Bridge in Prague. But then I think for other scenes, it was on a soundstage in America, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what it was about this one, but it, it none of it grasped me. So then I think because of that, I just was then nitpicking. And that's like the worst mm. mood to be in when you're watching a film, you know, because yeah. then everything just kind of adds up on top of itself. It and starts then, to yeah. unravel a little bit. Yeah. yeah exactly. I think I figured out the Brad thing. Go on. Because the first time you see him, he the, it's talking about the blip. Yeah. And you see him five years younger, and that looks like a Photoshop. So automatically, the first time you ever see him, it's like a photoshopped. And then we see him again, photo. and we based our. It, it literally faced him as a photo of him as the adult, but I think because the. It, yeah, I think there's something in that mm, that I makes you saying. sort of. Yeah. How weird. Especially that. Has that disconnect. Colin yeah. had the same reaction. Yeah. So my second viewing of this film is very different because I could relax when he was on screen because the whole time <laughs> I was like, who is this? What's going on here? Really weird if it was Mysterio. Yeah, I, I don't going know. after like a sixteen-year-old. I have girl no idea. Just on the side, <laughs> as a side B plan. Um, Colin, did the elementals fool you? Did you think they were the villains for the movie? Uh, yeah, because I don't know why. Maybe it's like one of the older Spider-Man games, or I've played, or maybe again because you said earlier that Mysterio is kind, of, or, or the Spider-Man, the Spider-Man villains are quite like well known and mm-hmm. that. Mm. So I knew that Mysterio was a villain. Right. From, I don't know when, like years ago from maybe... So you thought the Elementals and Mysterio were villains? Yeah, I I knew that there was obviously going to be something coming where what we were witnessing wasn't quite what we were thinking. Yeah. Um, In the the trailers, they very much make it out, I think if I remember, that the Elementals were the villains, but everyone was like, Mm. but Mysterio's in it. Mm. (laughs) So we're not going to fall for that. (laughs) Yeah, I like that they played it, that he was the, like... 
they sort of ignored that people would have that knowledge going into yeah. the film because <laughs> it was basically acting like you were Peter. The audience was Peter sort of going in and having to take everything that was... There was no sort of like him winking at the camera after yeah. sort of having a... He played it sincere until that twist moment. Yeah. Mm. And um, I, I really liked that they did that approach. Although, use it in the pub or use it on a date with your Addy friends or with your cheeky mates. No, it's with your Addy fam or with your cheeky mates. It's <laughs> trivia time. Almost, almost. In the Vienna sequence... Whilst Peter's walking around, before he buys the Black Dahlia necklace, Jake Gyllenhaal is wearing civilian clothes and he has a little sneaky look over his shoulder spying on Peter. Did you recognise any of that, Colin? I'm sorry, you're going to have to say that again. I completely switched off. I, <laughs> oh, I, I see. There was, there was something on the side and I grabbed it and it <laughs> fell on the floor and it took me out of it. And then I turned around and George is going, Did you get, what do you think, mate? And I've talked, so you're going to have to do that again. I'm so sorry, man. This stayed in the edit, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I need the song again though I need the lyrics again oh, okay, yeah. please <clears throat> I'm going to dance to this one use it in the power ball use it on a date with your ruddy fam or with your cheeky mates it's trivia time yeah <laughs> so when Peter's walking around Venice before he buys the Black Dahlia necklace Jake Gyllenhaal or Jake 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 G Jake Jake G Jake G, Jake G. G man He's he stood behind uh, Peter, like slyly spying in the background of the shot, almost as if like an extra, basically. Oh no, I wearing a baseball cap. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a, a few couple times of occasions in the first half huh. of the film where they're just walking about and scenes are playing out, but it's not just Jake. I'm just leaving it. It's not just Jake following <laughs> them or in the background. It's whole members of his crew as well. So the second mm. time you watch it, you know he's got this whole crew. Like they are constantly being followed by uh, yeah his crew and stuff like that. It's um. An interesting nice setup. Touch. So Beck claims to have entered from an alternate reality within the multiverse, where the four elementals killed his family and destroyed his civilization. With only the fire elemental left to destroy, Beck predicts it will attack Prague. Parker declines Fury's invitation to join the fight and returns to his class trip. So now maybe let's get into villain time because we're about to get into mm. the whole big twist as well and stuff like that. So, mm. um. So, Jake, as Mysterio, um, how did mm. you find him as our villain? Yeah, J- Jake, Jakey G in a gi is mm. he's the man. I mean that 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 scene he has when when the when the twist happens and he's yeah. in the you know and he has that big sort of monologue. I mean, damn, <laughs> what a reminder of how acting should be done, right? <laughs> it, it it just makes everyone else in the film look like they're. Um, not quite on his level, but um, he is—he is one of my favourite actors, to be honest. So yeah, same. And 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 it's and it's it seems like that that prove it. Um, yeah, he he can just steal a he can steal a moment, man. Like he's so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I judging Jakey G or am I judging Mysterio at this point? Because there's two separate things. Either I, mean, I appreciate or. Go, him. Goes as, for both, mate. I mean, the Mysterio thing was there. There was a lot of elements of it that I enjoyed, mm. but. Because Mysterio is very difficult to do as a villain because it's literally a man who does magic with a fishbowl on his head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, and I quite I did quite enjoy. I mean, I, I'd say what what frustrated me the most about it was the fact that the end fight ends up being Peter Parker versus a bunch of drones, essentially. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and and that then just turns into another one of these. Almost like the horde stuff that we've seen multiple. multiple I thought times. you were going to mention that in that did and, they just replace the horde with drones? Yeah. Um, 
and and but but what I loved about the drone stuff was some of the visual elements that it brought. When you know you have those those scenes where Peter Parker's being kind of you know sucked in around it, and his mm-hmm. and the the environment's changing around him, and it's tripping him out and stuff. And I thought visually there were some great things there. But then in the same in the same vein, I thought that they overdid that bit to the point that by the end of the film, you're kind of like, oh yeah, there's another like sort of random corridor that's going to turn into something else, and right. it just felt a little. It just felt a little beaten in, you know, like, mm-hmm. but there were, there was elements I liked. And, and I, like I said, I wasn't totally against the whole drone thing. Cause I did think it, it lent to having creative moments, yeah. which, but then at the same time, it also fell straight into some of the sort of, I guess what you could call now, like generic action sequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's sort of a little of column A, little of column B, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Will we see him again? And do you want to see him again as Mysterio? I mean, I, I would say there's always a chance we'll see them again. And, and with Marvel and Disney getting someone like Jakey G in, and with these sort of contracts that they throw around, I, again, at this point in the franchise, I have no idea if they're still doing these big 10-year contracts and stuff. Yeah. But you would, you would hope if they're managing to land a guy like that, um, you'd maybe... And, and you've mentioned it, right? The next one that we're going into... The, uh, when I say the next one, sorry, I mean... This is wrapping up the Infinity Saga, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And after this, you've mentioned it a handful of times. Is it called the Multiverse Saga? The or multiverse something next? Saga. Yeah. So, regardless of who's been dead or alive by this point, if we're going into what's being referred to as a multiverse, then I would say it's open to us seeing any of the characters we've ever seen so in any of these films again. The multiverse, I guess, would encompass alternate realities, exactly. different timelines, yeah. so not just our universe, it, like other universes, yeah. other Earths, exactly. and stuff like that. Other versions of the same so thing, just the different timelines. Knew, yeah, the audience knew the multiverse saga was next as well, and I think they were very clever in having Quentin Beck say he was from the multiverse yeah, 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 and yeah, from yeah, an yeah, alternate that. Earth, because then people are like, they're doing it early! But yeah. I love it. And, and I, got, I got pumped at that because yeah. I was like, oh, wait, is this when we get fucking Toby? You know, we get yeah. old Toby back? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then, like, because I kept looking over to Stace, you know, throughout the film. And, like, every now and again, when something really, like, some of the cringy dialogue would, or, like, one of the, you know, jokes that they kept hmm? hammering down, like the knocking on the door with the Nick Fury thing, it was like, okay, man, we don't need another guy <laughs> knocking on the door. Let's just move on. So, like, every now and again, I'd look over at Stace and she'd kind of look at me and be like, yeah, I know. And, oh. then, she, and then I was like, but no, but then she'd be like, it, it does get better. Don't worry. It gets, it gets way oh. better. And so, so, in my head, I'm like, yes, it's coming. Like, I'm like, <laughs> so I'm expect- and then, uh, and then, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that. It um, but yeah, so, and obviously with, with the impact from what happens in the post credit, then there's a lot more there to maybe a reason to bring him back. Cause he was the one that's got sort of done this, yeah. you know, this reveal to it's true. some credible, uh, sound systems they got on those buildings. By the way, yeah, I know. Yeah. Everyone heard that Jesus perfectly, Christ. didn't they? Yeah. Mm. Um, Get some of those in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rob, over to you. Uh, yeah, um, Jakey G um, as Mysterio. How is he for you? Uh, yeah, like Colin said, I, I, he's such a good actor. Everything he does, he sort of brings something to it. I really, really loved that they had this sort of... It's a great moment when he's in the bar before that reveal and he puts the glasses on, like puts Tony's glasses on. And he's and a you're spitting like, image, second, right? You're, yeah, you're like, oh, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it was really, really good. Really, really clever. Um, I like all the, the the link to Civil War. 
which reminds me, use it in the Powerball, use it on a day, with your cheeky fam or with your ruddy mates, it's trivia time. <laughs> <laughs> so in Civil War, Bath is described as hijacking the brain. Tony says it hijacks your hippocampus to make it feel believable and more real, um, which is a, a sort of way you can explain how people fell for the illusions and mm. because it's sort of the drones and the technology immerses people in it. But do you remember when we did Civil War, I turned to Colin and said, can you imagine the guy that came up with that and how annoyed he'd be at it being called Bath? And Colin was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I was sat there going, <laughs> that's coming up. <laughs> yeah, we got here. We'll get on to, um, well, no, we'll get on to the reveal shortly as well. But yeah, uh, any other things about Jakey G? Yeah, I, lo- I I mean, Mysterio, I've always thought it's like the bit in any Spider-Man game or TV show where you're like, oh, here it comes. This is like the goofy bit mm-hmm. because he was just a laughable villain. But I think they made it into something really interesting. Oh, that's interesting. And, so could, would you be able to just expand a little bit on what the version of Mysterio is in, you know, the comic? Like, do, is So the mm. drones and all this stuff, is this purely MCU? Yeah. Yeah. Because they wouldn't have been doing that unless they're going like he's deep more in sci-fi. He, has, he just territory. does weird sort of illusions. It's never really fully explained, is it, how he does oh, okay. it. Okay, okay. Um, in the games, I know in the Spider-Man 2 game from back in the day, the Toby one, there's a bit where he sort of like makes it seem like a whole theatre is on fire and you have to swing from, you know, to the stage and to oh, the bleakers. That, to... Dude, that, I think that's where I remember him from, actually. I think yeah, I remember playing that game now. Yeah, I remember, that, gonna, I remember that theatre bit, yeah. yeah. He was going to be in, when Sam Raimi was going to do Spider-Man 4, he was almost going to be like the prologue opening sort of joke villain and he was going to be played by Bruce Campbell. So that's the kind of tone that he was seen as, as a villain. Mm -hmm. Sort of like a con artist, bit of a hack. One of the lower, less intimidating villains. And I think they made him into something that was definitely worked for a younger Peter. And it, the, like the I said, whole sequence. to the background of the film as well, you know, fake news was a massive thing at the time. And I, mm. I think they really managed to fit that right in as well, that he can manipulate all these different things. Yeah, he says, uh, people need to believe, and nowadays people will believe anything. Yeah, yeah. I remember that so, line sticking out, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I also love, and it, this gives me a laugh every single time, and in the cinema, when I remember first watching this, I was in hysterics. It's, you know, obviously he's wearing the glasses, um, Edith, but it turns mm. out Edith um, is a gift from Tony Stark and it stands for Even Dead, I'm the Hero, which is so <laughs> Tony Stark. I love that so much. So continuing on, Fury secretly changes the class's itinerary to divert the students to Prague. There, Parker is forced to help Beck fight the fire elemental to again protect his friends. Beck manages to destroy the creature with Parker's help. Um, how were the elemental fights for you, Colin? Because like, did you you thought they were completely real at this point? Like, how was your reaction? Like, when did you catch it? When I think he, his web hits like a bit of the drone, and there's this one really throwaway shot of it landing. Did like, did you think yep. that something was afoot? Or I mean, I, this is where like, and I, and maybe this is actually a, a positive to the film because they are sort of. This is a, it, th- these whole elementals and the fire. It felt so on the nose that that's where it kind of got a bit spoofy to me. Yeah. So it, there was a part of me that had this inkling of like, are we just being fucked with this whole time? That there was an element of that going yeah. through many many moments, and and I guess that is a good thing because yeah. it does make you go like, oh, what's all this about? So um, I wasn't totally sold, but I I wasn't expecting 
I don't know if I was expecting the whole sort of drone technology to be such mm-hmm. a big part of it. So um, it was it was not. But then, you know, when they were discussing about these, like, oh, it's the fire one's going to be here. And I'm like, come on now. Like, we're scraping out of the barrel at this point, aren't we? Like, this is ridiculous. We're fighting the elements. <laughs> exactly. Come on. But it's interesting how they had, like, especially in the trailers, they sort of go on that known knowledge that they show the rock one from the beginning and it looks similar to Sandman. Mm. And you have the fire one. There's, there is a molten man in Spider-Man comics and there's a oh, hydro right. man as well. So it's interesting that they sort of use that in the marketing it kind of mm. makes your casual sort of person go and see it. Be a, even the people who sort of know the comics be like, are they doing Sandman and Hydro Man? <laughs> is this like part of it? But it also obviously allows us to have the introduction of Night Monkey, which also makes me laugh <laughs> a lot. No, Colin shakes It's a little tight around the web shooter. No. Yeah, that, that line is a bit... <laughs> Um, so, um, Rob, like, I like that line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does he, does all the elemental stuff still work even on a rewatch then? Does it, is it still, you know, do you still find yourself in the film knowing that it's all still fake anyway? Yeah, I think so. Cause you're kind of, I think old, uh, Jake makes it so fun watching him play the hero yeah. and be the big sort of like, I'm, yeah, I'm doing this for my family and all this. His sort of whole thing speech before of... he flies into the fire one—it's so <laughs> over the top, but he's playing the performance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's all—it's all really, really fun. And there's like elements of his suit that are sort of reminiscent of other heroes. That he's like, yes. you can say some of it looks a bit like Thor's armor and all this sort of thing. So I've gone off topic there. But the elementals, yeah, I—I I think they're—it's simple. Probably like you sort of relax with it a bit more on a second viewing. I'd say mm-hmm. because you're just like. They're not meant to be villains. Like, they're literally just there for show. Yeah. And I'd prefer that than it being some sort of speaking character that's not, mm-hmm. you know, like a goon or something that's just sort of there. Yeah. You know, like in, in Dark Knight Rises when Bane is like, mm. oh, this is our villain. Oh, no, it's just he was in love with Talia. Yeah. And it's just nothing. Yeah. And then that's what I find more frustrating than I, I'm okay with these being props because they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Fury and Hill invite Parker and Beck to Berlin to discuss the formation of a new superhero team. But Parker decides that Beck should go alone and transfers control of Edith to him. Once Parker leaves, Beck celebrates alongside ex-Stark Industries employees with whom he had been working to masquerade as a superhero. Beck, who was fired from his position as Stark's holographic illusion specialist, for his unstable nature used advanced projectors to simulate his powers and the elementals and now hopes to use Edith's orbital weaponized drones to increase the scale of his illusions and fraudulently establish himself as an Avenger level hero. So we've kind of already discussed, you know, does the reveal work? Mm. Any other thoughts on that, Colin or Rob, about the reveal? I enjoyed seeing the guy that Jeff Bridges shouted at again. Now, you'll probably know this, Rob. Like, I've always mm. asked myself this, and I've never really been, I've never really checked it out. Is that the actual guy, or have they, in the yeah. Iron Man 1 clip, did they put that guy in? No, it's definitely the same guy. And do you know that the film A Christmas Story about little Ralphie that wants to buy a BB gun? Yeah. That's that kid. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. A Christmas Story? I'll add that to the list. Oh, yeah, I bet you will. <laughs> Which, in Iron Man 3, gets a reference, because old Tony calls this little kid that asked him to sign his thing, he calls him Christmas Story, because he looks identical yeah. to that kid. 
Nope. That's mad. I don't think that guy even had a... Did he have a line in Iron Man 1? He says, I'm not Tony Stark. Because he goes, Tony Stark about this in a cave yeah. with a box of scraps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not Tony Stark. <laughs> That's madness. Okay. Now, after MJ tells Parker that she knows he is Spider-Man, they discover that a piece of debris she retrieved during the battle with the fire elemental is a projector, which shows the air elemental, leading them to realise Beck's deception. So I thought we should use this point to... Uh, maybe discuss some of that supporting car. So we'll start with mm. uh, Zendaya as MJ. She finally gets to be MJ in this movie because yeah. obviously she was sort of like, that was almost like a surprise at the end of Homecoming. Yeah. So how was she as as Mary Jane for you? I don't think she's, is she Mary Jane or is it just MJ? It's just MJ, I think. I don't know MJ. Yeah, but there is this, she's like Michelle, isn't she? She, I think she's Michelle. She's Michelle in the first yeah, film. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, yeah, but yeah, how, yeah. so then how was she as MJ for Random. you? Random. Oh yeah, man! Like she's up there with one of the Jakey G, then Zendaya. Wow, for me. cool! That rhymed. There's something about the character as well. I think um, the, you know the writing of the character is, feels like a very, you know, it feels like there's a lot of depth in her character and very like relatable and kind of fun and yeah. just, a, just a bit of a breath of fresh air, especially dialogue wise, mm-hmm. amongst a lot of the faff and waff and stuff that's in this one. But um, <laughs> faff and waff, faff and waff. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I do like her, man. I thought I thought she's great. And and to be fair, I'm sorry, I've set Rob off. <laughs> oh, faff and waff, faff and waff it. Um, yeah, no, Zendaya, MJ, quality. Um, it lends a lot of good moments between her and and Peter Parker as well. Still, like, still good chemistry. I think so. Yeah, I'm I'd like I'm invested in their story. Yeah. Line. You know, like, um, so yeah, the chemistry is clearly there. Mm. But then, you know, you know me, you know, you know me by now. Like, I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker for an actual, like, emotional storyline with two characters with a bit of depth behind it. For sure. And I feel like this, I feel like those, those two do well. That's, that's where Tom Holland shines for me as well in yeah. those moments. Mm. I think. Yeah, uh, they've got incredible um, chemistry. They, uh, I know, probably some people don't care, some people do care. But we said, like, obviously there was a bit of a on-screen romance i don't know if you know that mm. um that uh funnily enough yeah stace mentioned that after yep. the film she was like I, th- I think they might actually even still be together at the still moment together, are they still together now still together yeah. and yeah, um, nice. i think engaged now as well so good on them um yeah man yeah. good shit and yeah i completely agree with what you say about zenday in terms of what she's doing performance wise if you think about how other people tend to play these roles in the mcu she's playing it completely differently and yeah i really like yeah. what she brings it is definitely a breath of fresh air it feels like a fresh character right mm-hmm. it feels like a character trait like some of her character traits and her sort of quippy nature yeah. and just that sort of that you know even the lines like the as, as only if it's depressing or hysterical mm-hmm. like you just you, those lines like that maybe it's just because i find it more relatable because it's like oh yeah i get what she's saying actually mm-hmm. But like lines like that is what makes you relate to people, right? For and sure. I feel like she just most of the time she was on there, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah! Like every yeah. time she'd say something, she just kind of got me going, like, yeah, she's cool, yeah. man. I like she's it. She's great. What about you, Rob? I like um, when when Peter says to her, um, "You look really pretty," and she says, "So therefore, I have worth," and makes it really smooth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, "You look pretty too." <laughs> <laughs> I love that she says he looks pretty too. I love that. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I think she, everything you guys said, she's she's great. And that chemistry is, I really, really, I'm, I'm, I don't know if we'll get into it more later, but I really, really love their chemistry together. And I love that we didn't get like your typical Hollywood big snog and all this the stuff. The kiss a, is a wonderful kiss. 
a yeah. little peck and he's like, oh, he kissed me. Mm-hmm. And then she's talking like his uh, proclamation that he likes her comes after her talking about liking, you know, the murders of the Black Dahlia and liking the, the mm-hmm. bracelet more because it's broken in half. Yes. And he just It's really the most earnest feeling. He goes, it always sort of makes me well up a little bit the way he's like, I really like you. It's just like, it's not soppy, it's not mm. over the top, it's just really sincere and earnest. And I think, yeah, they just have another little peck and that's, yep. they just like, I really like you. That's just really, really nice. Feels I more think, real, um, doesn't it? So I think she she does a great job at making you root for them as a couple, and like you want Peter to end up with her, and she doesn't do anything that's similar to Kirsten Dunst MJ, oh, and I like God. that. Like, not even a single yeah. comparison, really, is there? It's totally different, and I I do appreciate that. I do like mm-hmm. that. No damn. I think there would have been probably that. that yeah. Yeah. yeah, there probably would have been people that were pissed off with that, but I think it. It's better for it. Yeah, mm. completely. You've just completely reminded me. Like, yeah, with the black Dahlia necklace, that little character note where she likes it more because it's broken. Little things like that just add so much to. And that's why he says that he really likes yeah, her as well. That's yeah. when he says it. Really, that, really yeah. nice character stuff in in there. And she said that I. She's like, I lied. I wasn't just um, watching you because I thought you were Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And it's just real, real nice stuff. It's written really well, that stuff as well. Yeah, agreed. Because um, yeah. it could have easily have been like some sort of schlocky big proclamation. Yeah, and I like it. He doesn't have to save her either. Like she takes, you know, mm-hmm. she handles herself as well. Sure. Um, and it's not like she's a she's never a damsel in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for in uh, the illusion scene, which I'm sure we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, so then um, Jacob uh, Batalon, um, he's back as as Ned, the guy in the chair. I think mm-hmm. I remember Colin. You quite liked him in Homecoming. Does he? Uh, does he still get that that Colin Brain seal of approval by the end of Far From Home? Yeah, I, I think out of out of the sort of high school crew or whatever you're going to call them, the school lot, he's definitely one of them. Palatable, palatable. Okay. For it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's cool, man. I mean, uh, there, there was some. It was sort of very, very sort of tongue in cheek. Him and that the other girl it that they're not sort of hooking Betty up on. Betty Brand, them. isn't it? Yeah, their yeah. little romance is cute. Uh, it was fun, you know. It's a bit of fun. I mean, again, man, like, hey, babe, I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's fun, you know. It it does add an element hey. of fun, but I can't say I. That's what I look for to watch in film. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, he was cool, and she, and she was fun as well. Like they, that that little side plot that was going on was 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 kind of yeah, it was there. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, it it's, it, it's fun. Um, same to you, Rob. I, I really love him. I was hoping we was going to get to him. I like um, early on, there's some funny bits that I sort of maybe glossed over the first time watching it, but when he's talking about them being eligible bachelors in Europe, and he's like, Europeans love Americans. And <laughs> so Holland's like, look at I don't him. think they do. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like Ned so much because he basically reminds me of my oldest and best friend, Craig, who you know as well, mm-hmm. uh, George. That nice. he's, he's very similar in just sort of jovialness and the way he goes about things. And there's a particular bit that made me laugh when he's saying he's coming up with an excuse for what Peter's plan is. And he says he's collecting tiny spoons for each country and he winks at him. <laughs> it's such an obvious funny wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's great. I really like the the stuff they do with Betty and how that sort of mirrors Happy and uh, Aunt May's... Uh, well, what a wonderful well. segue, because my next question was, yes, John Favreau is back as Happy Hogan in a Spider-Man movie in a relationship, or 
maybe, with Aunt May. <laughs> so, uh, Colin, happy to see this kind of version of Happy Hogan? Just because Stark's gone doesn't mean we have to lose Happy as well. I, I guess. I guess it means we don't have to lose him. Brilliant. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, <laughs> I mean I, I at this point, yeah, I mean, it's just another element of the film that I, I didn't really have much care for, mm-hmm. I guess. And And... I don't know, man. Like again, like I, I feel like I say this every episode, but because I don't have that built-in investment to any of these characters, really, apart from I mean, there are there are a handful, but not not really any of these guys. Yeah. Um, when I see them, I, I don't really get much of any sort of reaction. I'm just like, oh, okay, they're bringing them back, okay, and so then I'll just sort of sit with yeah, it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm. But I don't I don't have like a yay. We get to see Happy Hope. Like, there's none of that. Like, yeah. that, that doesn't even scratch the surface. You do that again? Yeah, that was really. amazing. <laughs> I don't think His I've ever face. done that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually done that sincerely before. Um, but yeah. Um, so so yeah. I guess I think that probably answers the question. Yeah. Um, Rob Happy Hogan. Good to see him back. I, I like him. I like his delivery when he's talking about his little blip beard at the beginning. <laughs> he's like, I got a little blip beard. Yeah, he's always really nice. I, I get the impression as well that John Favreau's just a, a good dude yeah, in real life. Yeah. Like I think oh, he's yeah, just, for sure. He seems like such a nice bloke. And I like the sort of idea that even after Tony's gone, he's still kind of like on Peter duty. Yeah. Like he's still kind of the one who has to look after him and do all that stuff. Because they have that little heart-to-heart that's quite important in the film as well, don't they? I love that scene as well. Yeah, when um, I think it's one of Tom Holland's nice moments as well when he's going onto the plane. He's like, is that you, Happy? Is this real? Like he's he's freaking out. And, um, you know, he's sort of, after all this, just trying to be tough. He's like, I really miss him. And he's like... They have this heart to heart, and he says, oh, "You're not Iron Man. You're never going to be Iron Man. Nobody can live up to Tony, not even Tony." Which I think is a great line. It's like um, Tony was my best friend, and he was a mess. He second guessed everything he ever did. The one thing he didn't second guess was picking you. And I don't think Tony would have done what he did if he didn't know you were going to be there after he was gone. Fuck yeah! It's it's great. I I, I love. <laughs> I, I know there's there's a lot of criticism about giving. Peter, all these different father figures, but this is someone who's continually losing them. So I think it's it's mm. you know he lost Uncle Ben. Yeah, because even his on his dad. his briefcase before he goes on the Europe trip, it says BP, mm. doesn't it? So it's obviously Ben Parker yeah. who's using his suitcase. A lovely little detail. I, I like that he's sort of always sort of that's almost like one of his weaknesses is is searching for a father figure. Mm-hmm. It's like Tony was another father figure to him and. And Happy seems to be that role for him as well. well and so also, Quentin was maybe one as well, a potential one, which makes it very... It was sp- looking like it, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, for sure. Mm. At least in uh, Peter Parker's eyes, it was. Yeah, you're getting a lot of that sort of mm-hmm. Tony Stark. So, yeah. was looking at Talking best- about that scene, I've got to ask Colin, uh, was you pleased to hear ACDC again? <laughs> oh, Christ. No, but man. I love that they cap it off with um, Back in Black start, starting in it. Tom Holland, um, well, Peter Parker does his usual thing. He's done it with... What aliens and Star Wars in the past? He's like, cool. I love Led Zeppelin. So good. <laughs> yeah. Um, they. I can't really remember what I said, but there was definitely a reaction <laughs> to the ACDC track kicking in. Oh, I, I did. <laughs> we were done with that. No, I did. It shows what this podcast has done. The second I did the, the rewatch of this last week, that ACDC track kicks in. I'm like, oh, Colin. No, I do. I do wonder if you guys think that when you rewatch these. Like, oh no, he's gonna hate. That bit, isn't it? We have that discussion many times. <laughs> yes. um, 
<laughs> so Parker travels to Berlin to warn Fury, only to be tricked by Beck with an illusion Fury into revealing the names of his, of his friends who know about Bex's plan and is hit by a train. I only have three words um, noted down, and that's what a sequence. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, I, I love this. It, it's so trippy. It, it, like it, there's, it's almost like a Doctor Strange style sequence, mm. and sudden to see it in a Spider-Man movie um, made me very, very happy. Um, Colin, did it work for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a this was one of those moments where, again, well, everything you just said visually, it was cool, yep. mm. and to see it in the Spider-Man world, going away from you know that sort of the vibe that we had been mm-hmm. in, I liked it, man. I liked it a lot. This was a, a good moment. Yeah, and it's a really shocking cap to the sequence as well. I think in with him getting hit by that train. Um, it's, yeah, yeah. Because I was generally like, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, a moment has gone like, is he going to survive? That? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That was a pretty hefty swipe. Yeah, and I, I love that it constantly um, it tricks you. Because uh, there's that moment where you hear a gunshot and suddenly all the illusions mm. stop and Quentin's there and he with his back and he, he falls to the ground and then Fury's there and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. But then you still got that thing in your head of being like, yeah. hang on. Yeah. It's so good. If you look at the back of that scene as well, when Fury's there, if you look right deep in the background, you see Quentin back on the floor, but all of the police that are pointing guns at him are completely frozen. Like They're like Amazing. still images. Mm. Yeah, lo- lo- nice little VFX touches. I absolutely love the zombie Iron Man crawling yes. out of the grave as an image. Oh, no, I didn't, I, I didn't like that. <laughs> you didn't? No, no, no. I, I think at that point I literally went, Really, zombie Iron Man? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I said. <laughs> well, we like the sequence. There's a lot of people actually who said at the time that it should have been, you know, Uncle Ben's grave that he showed him. But then I think the whole film's dealing with him. Yeah, the most recent sure. grief. It makes sense. That would have felt a little out of place. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that i think it's if they were going to address uncle ben more they would have done that in the first film and i'm kind of glad yeah now, i think now going back to it feels like it's sort of rehashing yeah, stuff yeah we, i think we're all a bit uncle bend out by this yeah point, we, we don't yeah. we don't go ones. back to uncle ben anymore i think so left for dead by beck parker contacts hogan who flies him to london where his classmates are. Beck uses Edith to orchestrate a fusion of all the elementals as a cover to kill Parker's friends. Parker is able to disrupt the illusions, so Beck attacks them with drones. We kind of already hit on it, but um, Colin, like mm. the, the final battle time. Yeah. I can't remember. Did you quite like that it was him versus all these drones? Or no, it, it, was, it was the horde I again. Mean... Yeah, a little bit. I mean, again, these always have their moments in them. Yeah. Like, there's, like, certain little visual parts or certain things that, you know, Spider-Man was doing. And But, yeah, overall, it, it didn't feel that creatively fresh, really. And, and, it, and it, it is. It, it, you then are just seeing lots of, you know, CGI drone projector things sort of just flopping around <laughs> everywhere. and Faffing and it waffing. Wo- it works. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't. Um, it, look, it's not like one where I'm like, this is this was awful. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it's sort of another one from the chamber of Marvel action yeah, films. No, I know, you know I can see it. Lock, I get it. To Do you think that it? This is my fault on it. Is that the illusion element of that falls flat because you know at this point that it is 100 percent an illusion? Mm. Because when you're watching it for that first time. 
in terms of how the plot is treating them, those elementals are real. Yeah, And this yeah. is the first time you see one since knowing it's fake. And you've even seen him rehearse this bit. Yeah, it takes it out of it. So I guess the the, the main thing to focus on is just what Peter is doing to try and stop it all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the illusion itself probably isn't as impressive because you're a bit like, well, it's... And then, you know, and then you get those scenes where he's kind of in the middle of it all and it just Mm. feels like a sort of PC screensaver that he's in. (laughs) I don't know, man. It's just, there was this, I think my biggest uh, like negative takeaway from the action scenes was... That was when it felt very, very video game cutscene. Like there was a lot of CGI, obviously because of what yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a it has of, to be, I guess. Yeah, um, I, I guess it has to be. Yeah, but um, I just again, I, fuck man, I'm repeating myself so much today. But I like the one-on-one. Mm-hmm. You know, a bit of like the um, the Tobey Maguire um, Green Goblin from you know, like and the Civil yep. War when it's Iron Man. Like that, that, I like those sort of action final scenes when it turns mm-hmm. into explosions and mm-hmm. bridges and cars exploding and you know lots of crash bang wallop stuff. Yep. I, I don't know what it is. It just, it just doesn't do much for me, and I just kind of switch off. That's no, no. that wall of sound uh, thing you mentioned. Yeah, in Civil pretty War, much. It's yeah, it's, 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 it's the phase cancellation. I, yeah. I know people that really enjoy the MCU, and they watch every single MCU film at the cinema. But switch off mm. during the action scenes. If you are, if you ask them at the end, like, what about that yeah, action yeah. sequence? They'd be like, I, I wasn't really paying attention. They're in it for the character. Oh, well, that's stuff. Actually, dude, that's actually good to know because sometimes I do worry. No. I'm like, am I, mm. am I? Have I got like ADHD or some shit? Because I just switch. I, I switch away from this so easily. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess maybe I'm not alone no. in that one. Um, but we we haven't really discussed Peter Tingle yet, have we? Um, oh. Be- oh, a groan from Colin there. Um, because I remember Colin, you asking <laughs> us during Homecoming, being like, he hasn't got Spidey sense. Um, and obviously they know there's elements of it there with, um, is it Aunt May throws a banana at him early on in the film? Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, uh, yeah, obviously yeah. that doesn't uh, doesn't work. Um, but I love that you said, Colin, at the end, you got quite annoyed by he's about to have his showdown with uh, Beck. And then suddenly it's another fake hallway, the the drones. To me, that's my favourite part of the final battle because it shows that he can just look past all of that. Sure. And everything's illusion to him, but by using just his senses, he can tell what's real and what's not. And it's even capped off at the end where we think, you know, Beck's half dead on the floor. Then suddenly you hear that Mm. gunshot and he he sort of like has, has caught him as he's next to him as well. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think the Peter, Ting- the Peter Tingle stuff really works in this. I love that sequence in the hallway. Um, I I really like there's a moment just before it when he the way he gets into that hallway is that he's holding a broken drone and spinning it mm-hmm. almost like Caps spinning Mjolnir, oh, yeah. and he's got a shield. He's got the London Bridge side as a shield. Oh, yeah, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> he got the Tower Bridge side. Yeah, yeah. I like Fuck it. You know. Yeah, I like the the whole turning off his eyes basically and just going off mm-hmm. of uh, reactions this a really small detail that um i saw someone point out online when you know when quentin's like fire all the guns and they're like you're in the firing line mm-hmm. and he's like do it anyway if you actually look when he's saying that he stood behind all the drones but that's because the illusion of him is stood out of the firing line but he is most definitely in oh, the firing know. line yeah. with the gun and I was like, that's really fucking cool. I like that. <laughs> love that, love that, love that. So Parker regains control of Edith and defeats Beck, who is hit by a misfired gunshot from one of the drones. 
Before he dies, Beck tells one of his associates to retrieve data from the drones. After returning to New York City, Parker begins a relationship with MJ. And there we have it. That is Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, is there anything else you want to mention, lads? Can I um can I tell you what I nicknamed the two teachers? Yes, please. <laughs> I mean, it's really not that funny. I don't know why I brought it up, but I think I brought it up because I just wanted to say that I, that mm. all of the all of that really fell flat. I for thought me. it was just way too much. I just it just felt like Dumb and Dumber. That's what I was right. calling them whenever they came up because <laughs> it was just too much, man. Like, yeah, again, it goes back to what we said already. Just like the the sort of swinging tonal shifts a lot of the time, and yeah. I just think that they they didn't add anything to the mm. film for me. I don't. I didn't get. It was just a lot of head shaking, not <laughs> no laughs. Did you guys find that stuff funny? Like that. They're those, hit and miss for me. Did They've you... got some good stuff in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I I more prefer Martin Starr's character. Oh yeah, he had a bit more to him, right? But I'll yeah, do when he's dropping the camera. <laughs> oh, that was <sighs> so ridiculous. <laughs> I I like when he's on the plane and he's saying that his wife pretended to have blipped. <laughs> Mm. She pretended to be dusted. Yeah, it was just so dorky. Yeah. It was like it was like dork to like the maximum mm-hmm. level. I've got um, one more bit I actually want to bring up, and it's the the scene on the bus where Flash is like, "Hey, Peter, nice glasses," and he he slaps him, slaps him unconscious. <laughs> he yeah, 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 yeah. Him unconscious. <laughs> and then I like the. Um, the little tiny shot, I think it's slightly badass, where he jumps out the roof of the bus oh, yeah, and webs yeah, yeah. the thing. If you look closely as well, the only person that's not looking out the window at the imaginary baby goats is MJ, who is looking at Peter. Nice. I love it. It's a nice little touch. Okay, let's move on to the rating. So Colin Brain, uh, Spider-Man Far From mm. Home, what are you giving it out of five? I think I'm going to give it a, a 2.5. Okay. What did you give Homecoming? <laughs> Can you remember, Rob? Mm, I can't uh, remember, but it couldn't have been on. much higher than that. Let me consult. <laughs> I've got the sheet. Consult it's funny, the sheet. <laughs> consult the sheet, let's go. You gave it a three. Okay. okay. That seems in line, though, because I, I, from what you're saying, it sounds like you enjoyed Homecoming Definitely. more than you Definitely, enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah, so yeah that, I mean, characters tracks. characters like Ned and stuff, I appreciate it a lot more in the first for the first. Yeah, you know, installment of this one. Yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah two, cool, two yeah. point five. No, it's in line. So Rob, uh, out of five, me, I gave the first one a five because I really love it and I think it's great fun. This one, I don't think is up to the standards of the first one, but I still really enjoy it. So I'm giving it a four. I am giving it a four too. Like I said, I think it's really fun. I think it's really breezy. I love what they do with Mysterio. The whole Peter Tingle stuff really works for me. So yeah. Four out of five, I think it's really fun. It's a good film. It's solid. Trivia time, not that it fucking matters. You know too much for your own good. Now that's what I call using the old head. So, um, <laughs> who's going wow. first? This is the pride point, mate. This is oh, the plan for pride here. Who wants to go first? Pride point. We'll let George go first. Okay. Um, so... This is all I uh, am very uh, interested in, obviously, production design and what it takes into building a set. And the little, mm-hmm. like, I, I, there's some bits where I love, if it's not even like an MCU movie, seeing like a character's living room, I get really intrigued to seeing like what's in the background, like what's what photos, yeah. what vinyl collection and anything like that, because someone's had to really think into what goes into there. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the bar 
in Prague, in which Quentin and Peter are in, um, when they have their little heart-to-heart, and it ends with um, Peter handing over the glasses to um, Beck. We now know that the majority of that bar was also an illusion, because obviously when Peter walks out, all the drones then appear. So what they actually did is they made it that Quentin had designed this bar as well to subconsciously put the thought and gave give the thought to Peter to hand over the glasses. So on the wall, there's um there's military medals, just as Quentin is talking about being a soldier over on his other earth and things like that. There is a framed picture behind them of literally a pair of glasses um, in <laughs> Peter's eyeline as well. So if you rewatch that scene, almost everything in that bar and around is subconsciously telling messages to Peter to hand over the glasses to Beck. Um, that is my trivia. Uh, that's a strong okay. one. <laughs> it is. Yeah, no, I mean, you get a, you get a giggle out of me or a, a sort of any form of reaction you've got to yeah, do something. Yeah, fucking like. hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um production design also tickles my fancy as well because are you ready for it boys we had the first uh we had the first instance of this jingle with the last spider-man film and we're going at it again it's creative license oh, beep, beep. oh. there are lots of license plates within the film many of them yet again linked to various different comic book issues so in the opening in mexico there's a misdirect actually many setting up the theme of misdirection in the film that they show um there's a car by the big sort of earth elemental and it's um showing sandman's comic intro because the number plate there is 463 which relates to spider-man 4 that was released in 1963 So that's the first issue with Sandman that sort of throws people who are watching the trailers and looking out for these little these little tidbits, especially knowing that Homecoming was full of them. It sort of throws them off. I think, is this Sandman we're seeing? Um, during the fire elemental scene, Fury in Hill's car has ASM28965, which is short for The Amazing Spider-Man, that was released in 28th of September 1965, which was the debut of Molten Man. Hmm. Which of course we see a version mm. of in the uh, in the in that sequence. Fury picks up Peter in a car that has MTU eighty three seventy seven nine, which is a nod to Marvel Team Up, which uh, issue eighty three from nineteen seventy nine has Fury and Spider Man teaming up for the first oh. time. On London Bridge, a car has SM ninety five XLV, which is Spider Man forty five from nineteen ninety five, and is the debut of She Venom. Don't know why that's in there. I'll be honest. I didn't even know. She, I didn't even know she Venom was a thing. Wow. George, you've you've seen Venom, not to spoil it, but oh, she Venom's a thing. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. That was dub. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, next time, was made by Disney, though. Right? <laughs> no, so that, that's a Sony outlet. No. Um, when he kisses MJ by the car, that says TASM143, which is short for The Amazing Spider-Man 143, in which features MJ and Peter Parker's first kiss. And in the post credit sequence, we see one that says HNM62011, which is a Hawkeye and Mockingbird issue. So that's uh, Hawkeye and NM. Hawkeye and Mockingbird, issue number six, 2011, which features a scroll posing as Nick Fury. Wow, oh, 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 wow they gave a lot, mm. man. That's that's nice. Ah, they're very similar in terms of them being little Easter eggs when you rewatch or pick up on. But I think only because Rob's is so obscure and not quite as obvious, 
I'm going to give the point to George. Oh. Because... Charity. George no, would be... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who called it pity point before <laughs> I even started? <laughs> Must have been in your head, mate. Yeah, I didn't say someone anything. did. It's an illusion. Okay, thank you. Thank well, you very much. George, you got no, the pride yeah, point, Yeah, cheers, mate. mate. I'll, take, I'll take the last pride point maybe it was pride point and in my oh yeah in I, my head i said you're playing for i pride. heard pity I said, point. You, pity <laughs> I, honestly pity. it wasn't a pity point no, I it was a very good bit of trivia. yeah it was good man and also it's, it kind of makes me think how the hell did i not see that whereas with the number plate thing that you have to do a little mm. bit more digging and yeah. uh, into mm. it so that's why you got the point no, that, that, i'll be honest when i rewatched this the other day i noticed one of the number plates was tasm and i'm like they're doing something with the number plates yeah because <laughs> that's the amazing spider-man yeah. but i didn't look into it further um it got mm. me the point last time, but not this <clears throat> yes. time. Well, you got the win overall, though, man. So congratulations. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Um, so I asked George when we was recording the last episode. I said, "Are we going to have a like a trophy?" Or mm. and he said, "If I win, yeah." <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, we will reset the scores next week. Mm. And speaking of next week, we start the multiverse saga so colin like we said earlier we've just watched 23 yeah. films the infinity i honestly the infinity saga consisted of 23 films uh, and that's not including any of the bonus episodes we've also watched um so how's it been for you uh at quite a roller coaster i can imagine oh without a <laughs> doubt man I mean, look, testament to you two to even getting me to, do, like, I mean, not to getting me to do this, but the fact that we have done this many films yeah. by this point is quite... It's, the fact we've got you to watch to 23 honest. MCU yeah. films and sit down and talk about them for a few hours yeah. for each film is nuts. But honestly, honestly, the uh, I'm doing it because I love this. I love this mm-hmm. moment. Like, getting on and chatting to you two about it, like, regardless if I thought the film was dumb, like... Just doing this is yeah. fun, like because yeah. one, I, I love, I, I love, I love it when you two are, are passionate about it. I like, I like being around passionate people, even if it's. Stuff I know like is that in some episodes all. you'll hate the film, but then me and Rob will really go on a little bit of a rant about something. You'll sit there and you'll look so happy, dude. I just like it. Like, like I don't care if people like the same things as me or dislike it. All like I, that doesn't bother me at all. I just like being around passionate people and you two are clearly passionate mm. about this, and you, and, and I, I enjoy listening to you guys talk about the film, like because also. Like you give me a, a slightly different viewpoint of things, and because you've seen these films more times than once, like you're, you're, you're probably explaining things in ways that have gone over my mm-hmm. head on it, and like you know, all, all, so I, I love doing this part yeah. of it, and like so I don't ever want to stop doing the podcast anyway, but I'm not gonna. I would be lying if I said there were days where I just wanted to fucking call you guys up and be like. <laughs> Boys, I just haven't got fucking time to watch this film this week. Can we just have a bit of a break yep. from this? Like, I, there's, there have been yep. some moments. I'm not gonna lie. I, I, as you know, I'm an honest man. And um, <laughs> but um, but then always, whenever we get on and do this, by the time we finish and I turn this off, it's always like, a, yeah, man, this is why we yeah. do it. I do it to chat to you yeah. guys. Um, uh, but yeah, it's. I still, I'm like I, I definitely. I feel like I've I've obviously just moved on from my days of of you know being more of a consumer of mm-hmm. film and cinema and stuff. It's just not, it, it just doesn't feel like a part of me anymore. Yeah. Like, which is something I've learned from doing this. Cause you know, this could have gone two ways really, I guess. Like I could have ended up being really, or, or this could have been like, you know what? I want to start watching loads of older films yeah. that I used to love. Like, and it could have spurred me getting back into that kind mm-hmm. of 
back into the blockbuster days, I mean, shit, man, the amount of films that me and you have watched yeah. together, like over the years, when you were, when you were at uni, like, um, you used to, I used to fucking drive over to yours, pick you up, go back to my dad's, and we just do all nighters, just watching back to back <laughs> films and yep. stuff. Like, um, yeah, man. So it's been crazy to be mm. honest. Like, it's been mad, and I feel like I'm getting a lot more comfortable. I know this might be getting a little inside baseball for the listeners, but. I do think that there is something good for me of just doing a podcast. I, I was each mm. I, I, hand on my heart, and I swear there was a points tonight when I was like, Colin is just—he's so suited for this. Well, I appreciate that. I'm not very good at taking compliments, <laughs> but I do appreciate that. And um, but Rob, you're all right because there's <laughs> just because what one thing I think is like. I actually find doing this extremely uncomfortable, mm. like be it knowing that this is going out into the world and that people are going to you know, listen to it and maybe judge me in certain ways of the way I discuss things and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And But I think doing things that put, take you out of your comfort zone actually is a very good thing to do. So that's another reason why I like doing yeah. it because it helps me grow as a human. And I think that's important to put yourself in uncomfortable situations yeah. and you actually probably learn stuff about yourself. So I've learned a lot about myself doing this. It might be a silly little podcast about Marvel films to some people, but like... I feel like it's generally helped me out in many ways, like mental health ways and stuff. And so, yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys even thinking of me way back when and, and bringing it up. Um, so, you yeah, was man. doing trivia right now. You get a point. <laughs> yep, definitely. Tell you yeah. what, that's point worthy. Right there. <laughs> Just give me the trophy. I'll take the trophy from you. <laughs> you made me well up. Okay. Um, so excited to continue into phase four? Apprehensive? Like, what's the thoughts going into I mean, it's... A whole new saga. Are, yeah, I mean, so, so, like, just sort of confused. <laughs> it's like, what is going to happen? Because this saga felt like, you know, I mean, we've done with this one now, so mm-hmm. it sort of feels like this is a finale, you know? Yeah. Um, but it isn't. <laughs> it's like it's not even close to being a finale. Yeah. Um, and also, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little bit apprehensive because, again, like I've mentioned in the past, uh, past few episodes maybe, like... I'm hearing from more and more people about how people are starting to kind of maybe move on a bit from the Marvel thing yeah. now. And, and and I'm sure there are questions floating around is how long is this going to last and, and will the numbers start slowly dropping? And, you know, because every empire must fall, right? Yeah. I mean, they've got money and they've got power, so God knows how long it will mm-hmm. go on for. But I'm intrigued and I'm I'm actually quite intrigued by what you said a couple of episodes back, George, about how they maybe they experiment a little bit with styles and genres and stuff and as much as I complain about the tonal shifts between mm-hmm. them, if there is a film that is in a, like, a, you know, maybe they try a horror film mm-hmm. or they try like something totally away, then that could be the one where I'm like, this might not work with any of the others, but this film was great. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So I'm kind mm-hmm. of sort of thinking I have a feeling there's going to be various projects in phase four that people didn't like where you're going to be like, this was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling. Okay. Well, that's exciting. And speaking of them experimenting... Do you have mm. any idea as to what would open up phase four? Is there anything you want to see open up phase four? Something entirely new? Um, see some old people returning? Because, you know, it's a new saga, but we've still got a lot of people still hanging about. I think it would make me happy if we got a Guardians. Okay. Um, but I also think that if it, if we're now starting this multiverse saga, then it could potentially be a Doctor Strange to kick it off, because I think he probably has a lot to do with that. Interesting. Part. Well, Colin, for our next episode, Mm. we would like you to watch episodes one, two, and three 
of one division. <laughs> TV, TV time, time, baby. Let's go. I've just got goosebumps. <laughs> TV time, baby. Hey, you got. To, actually, I remember at one division. I remember seeing some some uh, ad, ads on buses when that mm-hmm. came out, and it looked pretty intriguing. Actually, I didn't even. It didn't look very MCU. Uh-huh. But let's go, yeah, man. Let's, let's go. Well. Strap in. Yeah. Make sure Stacey watches it with you as well. I'm very intrigued to see what Sea thinks. One to three. We're doing. We're doing. We're doing episode one to episode three. Episode one, two, and three. They're about twenty-five to thirty minutes each. So it'll take an hour and a half if you want to do it in one stretch. So it's even maybe even half the time of a usual <laughs> Avengers movie. I mean, yeah. the listeners can't see this grin on my face, but I'm feeling good, yeah. man. So the plan is for each episode of the pod, this is for the listeners as well, I guess, as well as Colin. Yeah, yeah. Me and George had a little chat yeah. yesterday and we were trying to figure out what's the best way to go about doing this. So for the TV shows, we're going to be doing three episodes per episode of the pod mm-hmm. because okay. the shows tend to be either six episodes or nine episodes long. So okay. the most Perfect. that we'll have for the most part, it'll be three parts. Yeah. And obviously, three episode chunks generally means it's still going to be no longer than an MCU film, so it keeps it manageable for us to keep yeah. doing this. An hour and a um, half tops viewing. And um, and in terms of... So so chronologically, this is what happened then. This this came next. The first project of Phase 4 feature. was a TV show, yeah, WandaVision. And are there, have there ever been any moments where there's been a film released mid-show? Or do I they, don't, f- do they wrap I them don't up in think between? so. I think they've been very clever with their structure. Oh, well, that, that, makes, yeah. that makes our lives a lot easier as well, yeah. doesn't it, for the yeah. release? Uh, be a bit odder for like episode Disney one Disney Plus three, has an yeah. order as well. It has like a phase four order of release. So we'll go via okay. that as nice. our uh, rule of thumb. So yeah, TV Sweet. time, baby. It's all going to change again. I think we've, we've all, we'll go into it in the next episode as well, but trivia is completely changing. We are going to do trivia at the end of the show. Is, is that correct, Rob? So it won't be yeah, at the end yeah. of our next episode. Nice. Uh, we'll do it at the end of the show. Um, the whole background to it is going to completely change. We won't go into critical reception until we've completely finished a TV show as well. So, yeah, we're going to spin the show on its head a little bit uh, for a little bit. And I'm excited. I will have a Zoom name for every Good. three episodes of a show, though. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that makes me happy. What are you going to do about the audio? I guess you don't have audio commentary facts for those. Oh, don't worry. We've got plans plans for that as well. He's been thinking. It was a good little chat we, me and Rob, had, yes. All right. I feel left (laughs) out, but I guess I have to be at this point, don't I? Yeah, that's kind of the (laughs) two you call up. That's kind (laughs) of the point of the the podcast, I think. Rob, say bye. Bye. Colin, say bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Next time we meet, let it be in peace and friendship. For the listeners... (laughs) <laughs> Rob forgot we were doing the post-credit scenes and stopped recording. So we've had a bit slight kerfuffle we're back, here. Baby. There was some faff and waff. There was some faff and waff in a little kerfuffle. Potential spaff. Right, <laughs> so they even yes, uh, we are back um, because we're not quite done yet, Robert Trot. So in a mid-credit scene, yes, here we go. J. Jonah Jameson of the DailyBugle.net broadcasts doctored footage of the London incident in which Beck frames Spider-Man for the drone attack and his death before exposing Spider-Man's secret identity to the world, much to Parker's shock. Collie, you had to be into that. Oh, yeah, man. This is like, like I said, this is the moment where I was like, Fuck yeah, let's go. And then the film Yeah, ends. and then, then the credits start. <laughs> so that, and, then, and then I think I went on a bit of like a sort of animated rant. Like, why do they always do that? You know, like, <laughs> now I want to see more. Like, this is annoying Marvel me. Marvel Blue Ball, I think that's what we call yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, trade. that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, I'm sure Rob will um, prove me correct that this is the first time in live action Spider-Man that his identity has been exposed. Yeah, unless you count all those people on the train in Spider-Man 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just, just a, kid. a kid. Just a friendly five-year-old kid. <laughs> a kid with five o'clock shadow. Um, uh, and yeah, uh, J.K. Simmons back as J- Jonah Jameson. You've got to be buzzing at that as well. Can't beat it, man. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah, did a lot for me. Made me smile. I can't believe they've got him back. I and was to doing play some like reading the... about, uh, about J.K. Simmons the other day. Did you know he's the voice of the yellow M&M? <laughs> What? No idea. Yeah. No. That's amazing. <laughs> That's great. Isn't it? Uh, but we I we slyly mentioned this back in maybe Spider-Man 3 bonus episode when we were like if J Jonah Jameson's going to pop up in the MCU who would you get to play him and we said because no one's going to fill the shoes that JK mm-hmm. Simmons had for the role and yeah, I mean, to, I, I remember seeing him pop up at the end because it was a very, very held, held close secret. Um, mm. I think he only shot it two weeks before the premiere. Nice. Uh, literally a tiny crew of literally what Daily Bugle Net would look like of him in a small room with a desk and a green screen behind I did him. like the way they did it like that. They made it look like some sort of ropey, like, you mm. know, yeah, out of a garage kind of podcast thing or something. That was nice. Yeah. Like and you it, said, that uh, is, Alex Jones vibes, you know? That is what they were going for, yeah. and uh, yes, so um, he will hopefully be popping back up in future films as well. Um, Rob, happy to see J.K. Simmons back. Oh, use it in the battle, use it on a day with your cheeky friends or with your Andy mates. No, I'll go wrong again. It's trivia time. It's late. It's late, boys. It is late, Five it? minutes ago, you'd stop recording. You were going to bed. <laughs> He's already checked out. I will say as well, for the listeners, I then I started to do the, well, we're not done yet, in a mid-credit scene, and Rob suddenly cut me off going, shit, 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 shit. And I was like, this is a new jingle. No, it was Rob literally panicking. I mean, I'm that good. I can make a jingle out of just saying the word shit over and over again. <laughs> oh, I think Colin might appreciate this. The It's not about Jay Jonah. It's about the swinging sequences that are mainly before the mid-credits, but obviously it leads into this with MJ and you know being swung around the city by um, Peter. Um, a lot of that was done with them strapped together on like a bungee cord at the top of this like huh. cherry picker. And nice. they would just get pushed off. So her screams... <laughs> and Zendaya is freaking what? Yeah, it's legit screams. Nah. So it was shot so close, obviously on like almost like a GoPro, that they could sort of VFX out the mm. the backdrop and make it look nice. like they are swinging around the mm. sea. But her reactions are because they were literally swinging wow. from it. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to give me an extra paycheck for that one. That's a, <laughs> yeah, I ain't swinging on nothing like that. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, Jay Jones uh, is pretty cool. Yeah. What a reveal. What a reveal. Um, that was good. And in a post-credit scene, Fury and Hill are revealed to be the Scrolls, Talos and Sorin in disguise, under orders from the real Fury while he is away commanding a Scroll spaceship. Nick Fury's in space. Any reactions to that at all, Colin? Um, uh, yeah, I, um, I, didn't, I didn't see it. I, as soon as we got past the mid-credit scene, I, I just... Yeah, I thought there was a spoiler. Because remember you guys said, when you messaged yeah, me we about saying, it, be said, careful, yeah. be careful with the end credits. So I thought maybe, I thought... So you have, throughout this podcast, have you had any idea what we've been talking about? I've, I'm not going to lie. That that part was confusing to me. Oh my God. Yeah, it really was. There's another kinda, bit, yeah, in the film where 
this is clever as well, that they had Nick Fury say, Beck is from Earth, just not your Earth, which is basically like, why mm. would Nick Fury say your Earth? It's his Earth as well. Sure, In the trailer, yeah. it said our Earth. And right. it was a, so really? Co- wow. Yeah. So, Colin, I guess we need to explain what happens in the next yeah, post-credit uh, scene. Okay, so- yeah. So, like, I because because the when you guys mentioned those bits, I just thought it, I was getting slightly confused with what the Mysterio stuff was, and you know, because there was a lot no. of those mm. moments. But so, okay, so there were because throughout this whole because you film, guys messaged me yesterday saying be careful with the credits. Like as soon as we got yeah. past that mid-credit scene, I was expecting right. a poster to pop up because you know sometimes yeah. after the first mm-hmm. one it then yeah, goes yeah, down yeah, to yeah. the bottom. Yeah. So I was just like, Stace, we need to turn this off now. Um, wow. Okay, no, so, so hit me. It, Nick, hit me with it. Nick Fury and Maria Hill are yes. in, in space. A car, just dri- no, no, they're just oh. in a car, just driving away in a normal city. Yep. Then suddenly their skin changes and there are two scrolls there. Okay, shit. And That's it reveals good. that throughout the whole film, Nick Fury and Maria Hill were, were scrolls. And the two mm. from that is Captain why- America. Captain America, Captain Marvel. So, you know, Ben Mendelsohn, who we really enjoyed yeah, in Captain yeah, Marvel. Yeah, 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 but it's yeah. him. He was he was Fury. And okay. he's in the post-credit scene for this. And um, they're nice. starting to have a little discussion of like, okay, we need to call him and tell him, like, we kind of fucked this up a little bit. And they're like, no, we, we can't call him. And they're like, no, no. He literally, he gave us the glasses to say, make sure Parker gets this. We did, re- we really screwed this up. We need to let him know. Okay. So they get on the phone. And it looks like Nick Fury is sitting on like a beach and he's he's just by the ocean, his feet's in the sand, he's sipping on a cocktail. And doesn't he he just ignores their call, doesn't he? No, he's talking. Does he take the call? He does take the call, yeah. And he's he like, Oh, take we're sorry, boss, we, we got it all <laughs> yeah, this sort of thing. It, it, it went a bit pear shaped, but um yeah. Blah blah blah. But it's all okay now. We've got it now under control. Then he kind of hangs up on them. And as he stands up, he was just laying in front of like a hologram of okay. a beach. And he's in space. He's on a scroll spaceship. Whoa. All right. And it and then it ends. And he goes, yes. anyone seen my shoes? Yes. <laughs> he's, <laughs> p- he's pissed that he's got to step in and uh, so, fix things. So he's in space. When would we have seen him last before that? Endgame. 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 I think that's him at the funeral. Oh, right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... But from that point onwards, I think he's 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 gone off to space to do something. Okay. And um, he's given um, Ben Mendelssohn's scroll, um, just be like, just be Mim- me on yeah, yeah, Mendel okay. scroll. for a bit. Ben yeah. Mendel scroll. All right. Well, yeah, that's a, that was that's cool as well. Like that's a nice little touch. Yeah. I thought I was um, going on for half hour about how Nick Fury is uh, Sam Jackson's doing the uh, active performance of someone making an impression of. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I just, the whole time's Colin going, "What are they on about? I, 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 yeah. Am I missing? Uh, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not just going to be like, I didn't notice that bit, boys. I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's just something that because again, man, like I, I switch off throughout these, so I thought, oh, maybe I've just missed something here. Um, but no, there's a I reason probably he would, feels off. Yeah, I probably would have had a lot more to say about that bit if I'd seen the post-credit scene. If you listen back, I was extremely quiet throughout those moments of the podcast. I got, I got a feeling this isn't the first time this has happened as well. What I me have, missing a post-credit scene? Yeah, yeah, it's maybe before. May, maybe like one of you guys you can missed do the shawarma one before. The shawarma for yeah, Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes, that was our both uh, post-credit scenes. Uh, we will see you next time, Phase Four, for One Division. Stay safe, stay well, stay nerdy. Rob, you can end it the recording now. Good friendship. This is as far as you're going to get tonight.
such valuable stuff. All in a nice work. Sweet dreams, little friends. Look out! Oh, oh, he's escaping! I fear we have not seen the last of him.